Hello, everybody, and welcome to a wonderful new episode of Newfound Liberty. I am your favorite Russian bot, Sean Babcock. And as always, I am joined with my wonderful co-host, the infamous Bimbo Tarian. Hi. And uh, today we have a couple of uh, familiar faces. We have Taxation is Theft, uh, Christiana Shimon. Hello. And we are also joined with the stereotypical resident Italian, Brian O'Connell. Now, yeah, today, let's sell it with that, with that name. Yes. <laughs> Have you settled with that name? That's the one I've been going on. I've done it like no, I two mean, episodes. Like now. a name like Brian O'Connell, you don't, you wouldn't <laughs> think that I'm Italian, like no, Italian, but no, no. yeah, I am. <laughs> You're Italian. We can assure you this guy's definitely Italian. Mm-hmm. Today, guys, we have a special episode for you. We actually got uh, a hold of uh, the wonderful Larry Sharp of New York, who happens to be running in the LP for governor for New York. So we have uh, an interview that we want to uh, to give to him today. Quite a few questions that uh, we want to raise, and hopefully everybody will get a little bit more educated on uh, the situations that are happening in New York and get a little bit more familiar with who he is as a candidate, as a person, and uh, just w- what what his plans are and where he wants to go forward with it. So say hello, uh, Mr. Sharp, to everybody. Hey, guys. How are you all? <laughs> Now, uh, uh, Larry, normally every time I have a new guest on my show, I always ask the, the number one question because, uh, you know, when I get a, a newcomer on here, because of what this uh, podcast is about is what interests you in libertarianism? Like, how did uh, you become libertarian? How, about how long have you been libertarian? How long have you been uh, involved in libertarian yeah, politics? This, uh, it's a great question. The, uh, the, the thing that's odd about this is I didn't come to the Libertarian Party the way most people did through politics. I really didn't. I came to the libertarian ideology or even coming close to it through business, believe it or not. Hmm. For what, what I do in a living, for my living, for paying my bills, if anyone's watching, you see these, this gold stuff behind me. That is actually my actual company that I, I make my money off of called the Neosage. And the company itself is training, consulting, teaching, coaching, all those types of things. And I've taught many colleges, uh, Baruch College, John Jay, Yale, Columbia, all over the place. And what I was teaching for years was a thing called post-industrial leadership. You might say, Larry, who made up post-industrial leadership? I don't know. I did. It sounded cool when I said it. So I just made it up. So that's what I call it. And what it basically is, is leadership after the industrial age, right? Which means it's no longer about, hey, you, make sure you're doing exactly what I say when I say it, but just faster or longer. Right. That kind of leadership, kind of the, you know, getting the most of everyone as as far as a factory model isn't as important anymore. While I do need your arms and legs, I don't need them as much as I used to. Automation takes care of a lot of it. I can outsource a lot of it. I need your initiative. I need your brain power. I need need you to be on board so that you can figure out things and change things and adjust as fast as possible. Well, for me to get that, you have to be on board. You have to be like, yeah, I'm with you, Larry. I am. I. This is the mission. I want to be on it. I want to be here. Literally, it's volunteerism, right? Volunteerism is what post-industrial leadership is about. I didn't know it was called that. I didn't even know it was that. I just knew that what that's what worked. So I've been teaching that for years, you know, showing people this is the way it is. And one of my mentors in this is actually a guy by the name of Robert Ringer. Robert Ringer is a business guru. Right. And he's actually an objectivist. He's not a libertarian. He's an objectivist. For those who don't know, that's someone who really is all about uh, Ayn Rand. And he is all about Ayn Rand. Again, I'm not an objectivist, but he is. 
But he kind of opened my eyes up to that mindset of, wait a minute, you mean you mean government doesn't solve all the problems? What? Like he opened me up to that concept of not thinking that that should be the answer. So I as I was following him, I began to read things like Atlas Shrugged and things like that, which opened up my mind to it. But I was I still wasn't an objectivist. But I was unhappy. I was a guy back in the 90s who was like, you know, I bet Ross Perot will solve all the answers. He'll do it all. He'll save us. Mm-hmm. Then I thought, Nader, that guy will do it. He'll save us. And I always thought the other guy was going to work because the new two-party system was broken. Well, after Obama had actually completely disappointed us in uh, 2008, then I was like, I'm done. I'm not even going to vote anymore. I didn't care. And I was really out of the political environment at all. At all. I didn't want to do any of it. And then all of a sudden in 2012, I heard Gary Johnson speak. And when I heard Gary Johnson speak with what I had already thought of from Rob Ringer, that's when it all connected. So what I was teaching, what I already thought, and then the Libertarian Party connected perfectly. And that's why people often said, Larry, you came in in 2012 and you could speak so so simply uh, and, and clearly about libertarianism. I've been teaching it for years. So of course I could speak about it. I was already teaching it. I was teaching it in business. So as I was going through all of that, that's when I began to support Gary Johnson. I supported him uh, for four years. For four years, I mean, every time he ran, he did something. I was was there for him whenever I possibly could. Um, in 2014, I supported our gubernatorial candidate, got a guy named um, Michael McDermott. He passed away sadly, but I was literally his driver. I drove him around New York. I helped him, you know, um, with debate prep. I I donated the whole deal. 2016 came, and I was like, all right, I've been here four years. I know what we got to do. We got to fix this party. I'm going to help out. And I decided I'm going to go run for the VP. I'm going to be Gary Johnson's vice president. That's what I'm going to do. So I knew Gary Johnson. So we literally sat down and had breakfast here in, in, in uh, Manhattan with my daughter. My oldest daughter, Barbara, loves him. She has a picture of him on her wall still. She's 17 and she has a picture of Gary Johnson on her wall. Kind of weird. But she does. It's true. So anyway, um, we're sitting down and I tell him, I say, hey, governor, I was called governor. And I said, governor, I, I want to be your, your VP. He said, Larry, that sounds great, but I don't want you to be my VP. And you might say, well, Larry, that, that sounds terrible. No, that was Gary Johnson. Gary Johnson was an open, honest man. And some people don't like Gary Johnson, I know. But he's a good man. I will always respect him. I will always love and adore him. And he said, Larry, I don't want you to be. And I said, okay. I said, Governor, if you don't want me to run, I won't run. This is what he said. He said, no, Larry, you should run. You'll raise the bar. And I went, all right. And I ran. And sadly, I lost by 31 votes. Not that I'm counting, all right? Brian, I'm not counting, you're counting. I'm not counting, I didn't count. Anyway, so so I lost by 31 votes. And that same night, I actually, uh, I, I took a nap after the election in Orlando. And then I went down and I ran the uh, fundraiser for him and raised $130,000 from that night. So I supported him during, during the entire campaign. I stood in, in, in for him for, video, for uh, interviews and such, because I live in New York City. Mm-hmm. So he couldn't always make it to the stuff. So they have me show up and I do the interview for him. Happy to do it for him. I supported him and all those things. And then in 20, uh, in 2018, I said, you know what? It's my time. I'm going to run for governor now. And I was considering actually leaving New York State because New York State is a disaster. New York State is a beautiful, wonderful state. If anyone ever wants to come visit here or lives here and you know it, it is an amazing state. Anything you want is in this state. Biggest city amazing falls, amazing rivers, awesome mountains, skiing, farmland, Broadway, New York Yankees, classical music, whatever's your thing, New York State's got it. 
The problem is our government is so broken, it's oppressive and it breaks up families. Our government's a disaster. If you fix our government, New York State's the best state in the union. With our government, it's the worst. That's how bad uh, my state is. But I realized I was gonna pack up and leave and I was gonna go to North Carolina because for what I do for a living, I have to have a big city for me to do what I do. So I was gonna go by Charlotte because Charlotte's a big city. I thought, all right, now I can go to Charlotte, I'll be fine. I could sell my shoebox of a house in Queens and buy a mansion in, in, in uh, North Carolina, still have money to spare and still pay less taxes. So instead of me moving, I'm stupid. I got angry. I thought, all right, I'm going to get angry. I'm going to go run for governor. It's my turn. I'm going to fix New York. That did not end out, you know, end up the way I wanted it to. That did not go as planned. I did not win the election, and I did not become governor of New York and fix New York. But doing that actually made me uh, understand how the game is played. We did a really good job. We raised half a million dollars for the campaign. We ran for a year and a half. We got 100,000 votes. We got ballot access for the party that we'd never had in New York State ever. I ran the largest, longest non-presidential candidate in libertarian history. And I was happy. Got on all the cool podcasts, got on Dave Rubin, got on Glenn Beck, got on uh, Joe Rogan, did all those cool things that none of the other cool uh, you know, libertarian guys had gotten at that point. So it was, a, it was a great campaign. But in the end, we got our buck kicked in the end. It's fine. I still traveled the state again the next year, and we got 103 local libertarians elected. What I always say is when it comes to libertarians, it's not whether we should do down ticket or, or uh, up ticket, we should do both. Top of the ticket has the best chance for press, but least chance for victory. Bottom of the ticket has the best chance for victory, but least chance for press. So the top of the ticket brings the press to the bottom of the ticket. We start winning. That's what I did. So in 2018, I'd lose, but the press knows who I am. So now I travel the state in 2019 to support all the local candidates running, bringing the press to them, we get 103 victories. We go from zero libertarians to 103 in one year. That's fantastic. New York State says, yes, New York State goes, what, uh, 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 you can't do that. Stroke of a pen destroys our party. Mm. Libertarian party no longer exists in New York State. Literally stroke of a pen. Boop, all of all, everything I did, completely undone, gone. People say, Larry, why didn't you run in 2020? I didn't run in 2020 for several reasons. One, I only run when I think I can make impact. I've only run one time. And the one time I ran, I made impact. I do believe there is such thing as donor burnout, volunteer burnout, activist burnout. I am not a fan of running a lot of libertarian candidates. And people think I'm crazy when I say it. I think it's a terrible idea. We should run fewer candidates with larger teams, more donor base, better campaigns. You want, we are not the army. We're the Marine Corps. We are an elite force. So we should be running less, less candidates, but better candidates with bigger teams. We don't have the resources to run lots of candidates. It just burns everybody out, turns everybody off. I want fewer people running with larger teams and more money. So when I run, I don't want you ever to go, I wasted my money on Larry Sharp. When you're always going, I'm so glad I put money behind Larry Sharp. That guy's an animal. That guy does not stop. That guy, I, give, I gave that guy 50 bucks and he wouldn't stop going. It was the best 50 bucks I ever spent. That's what I want people to be thinking. So I didn't run in 2020 because I couldn't have done that. Plus, I was broke. Why was I broke? Because when you run for a statewide office, you can't have a job. So I literally took a year and a half off and did not take a salary. So I was six figures in debt once the campaign was over. You can imagine, I live in New York City. I have a wife, two kids. My wife does not work. I didn't take a salary for a year and a half. You can imagine what my finances were like. But the thing that's important, I bring this up to everybody who I talk to, five people running for governor in my state that year. I was the only one not getting a government check. 
This is an establishment person's game. This time, running next year, there'll be three people running. I'll be the only one not getting government check. Again, I stopped working again three weeks ago. My last work was three weeks ago. I will go another year without working. So I had to save up my money so I could do it again. So um, I'll go another year without working. But I do this because I want people to take running for office seriously. As a party, we don't. As a party, we go, I'm running for so-and-so. Why? Because I put my name on a sheet of paper. That's not running for office. That's putting your name on a sheet of paper. And I want people to take it seriously. And I want people to, and so I do it myself. I can't point my finger at you until I point it at me first. So I point it at me, then I point it all over you, but I point at myself first. So I went kind of long on that answer, didn't I? I apologize. I have a habit of yapping. <laughs> I am a candidate. I'm sorry. No, we got a really good idea of uh, of your history of what, where you've been, like how far you've come. Like that's uh, that's uh, that's absolutely the best way to answer the question. We wanted to know what your history was with the LP and that's uh, we definitely got it for sure. <laughs> no, I appreciate that answer. And we like getting to know you. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Salem, I believe you're next. Yeah. Um, so we wrote out our questions because we're not a very oh. organized group. Um, so we wrote out the questions this time. So I, I'm going to read that now. And I'm not sure that's good or bad. I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So mine is, what do you think people in general get turned off of libertarianism? And what are some of the biggest mistakes that libertarians make that turn people off to the party and ideology as a whole? I think they're related to one important thing. The vast majority of libertarians make a big mistake and they think that our movement is about liberty and freedom. And it's not. And that's the problem. Our movement is about happiness. Liberty and freedom is a means to happiness, the end. Liberty and freedom aren't the end. It doesn't mean anything. It's useless concepts. I'm not happy because I'm free or happy because I have liberty. I'm happy because I have happiness. How do I get that? By trying to achieve happiness. How can I do that? By my government getting out of my way so I can try to pursue it. The idea of happiness is not in the end game either. The idea of happiness is also in the pursuit. So when I sit here and go, we're about freedom and liberty, does it mean anything to most people? The average American, you go, we need freedom. They go, I'm free, I went to work today. They're wrong because they don't get it because we're lost. We're saying things that don't matter. We have to start focusing on the outcomes. It is very rare that you ever hear me talk about liberty, libertarianism, freedom. I talk about actual policies that make people happier. That's what happened. I'm literally writing a book, which I hope will come out in about three months, I hope, called On Happiness, because it's a book on happiness, what actually matters, right? So you might say, well, Larry, everybody wants to be free. No, that's the mistake that, that libertarians also make. A lot of people don't want to be free. So we should be mad at them and call them status. No, we should allow them to not be free if they don't want to be free, just as long as they let us be free. That's all that matters. Let people go where they want to go. And we don't do that. We make a lot of assumptions. We assume people always want to be free. They don't. In fact, we don't want to be free either. I was talking the other day about mandates. And people said, Larry, you, you really hate mandates. I said, I do, but not for the obvious reason. I hate mandates because what mandates do is they encourage two types of bad thought processes. One, blind obedience, terrible. Number two, blind rebellion, terrible. The bad part of these things are not obedience and rebellion. The bad part's the blind part. 
You can be obedient as much as you want to, to whomever or to whatever you want. Many people are voluntarily obedient, obedient to a civic code, obedient to a religion, obedient to their parents, obedient to their boss. People are very often obedient as long as they are choosing to. We are the party of consent, not the party of freedom, not the party of anything except consent. You can be as obedient as you choose to be to whomever or whatever you want. And you should rebel because it makes sense to rebel, not just because I'm a rebellious guy. That's stupid. And people do it all the time. You should rebel because you feel it's appropriate to rebel for whatever reason you think it's appropriate. The blind part is the bad part. And I think sometimes libertarians forget that and we just become blindly rebellious or blindly about liberty or freedom. Not understanding that sometimes people don't want to be free or don't want liberty, don't see value in it. What we all want is happiness. And what that means is we must try to find happiness to the best of our ability. And sometimes being happy will mean, will mean voluntarily putting ourselves, destroying our own rights. An example I'll give you is I joined the Marine Corps. I joined the Marine Corps when I was 17 years old, voluntarily, happily. I signed my rights away. For seven years, I was a Marine. I did not have freedom of movement. I went where the government told me to go when they told me to go, and I knew that. I lost my freedom of speech. I could not criticize the government when I was in the Marine Corps for seven years. I lost all of that. I lost a lot of freedoms voluntarily, and I'm glad I did it. It was very good for me. The Marine Corps is not good for everybody. It is not the right move. There should never be a draft. But if there's a Marine Corps out there and you think it's right for you, good luck. Sign away your freedoms. <laughs> it's totally fine. We are the party of consent, not the party of freedom. We're the party of happiness, not the party of liberty. And if we make the movement about those two things, it'll change everything. So if we're not the party of freedom, how would people be free enough to find what makes them happy? If we're not the party of freedom, how would people be? I'm not, I'm not sure where you're going with that. So you said that we're the party of happiness, but a lot of mm -hmm. people right now don't have the freedom to find what actually makes them happy. So the freedom True. part of our platform is very important to enable yes. people to find that freedom. 100%. You asked uh, what turns people off, right? I always talk about freedom, but I never use the words freedom or liberty. I just talk about policies. Here's my example of how we do a policy. I tell people this all the time. When I put a policy together, I, I have four criteria for any policy I make. And if you, I've made dozens of policies. One, no extra fines, fees, or taxes in any way, shape, or form. Number one, no change. It's, it's, it's nothing or lower, but never adding. Number one. Number two, no enforcement. So there's never going to be a, a, a special code where now the cops come by or there's a special kind of police with a white shirt and badge. Doesn't exist in my world ever. Those two things don't happen. Three, whenever I'm going to uh, propose any policy, it's always going to try to support the working poor and or the middle class more than anybody else. Why would that be an issue? Because the working poor and middle class are the ones who go up and down in, a, in, in, a, in any society. They're the ones who actually support the society, their background society. They're the ones who actually help the poor. And they're the ones who can put the wealthy in check by doing things like stopping them, changing, or creating new policies or new ideas to adjust them, to adjust the, the, the very wealthy. And the wealthy don't need me. They're fine. They're doing fine without me. And if I deal with a business, I'm always focusing on dealing with the entrepreneur class over the corporate class. The, the corporate class is always going to be by default corporatist, always going to be by default about the globe, not about local. The entrepreneurial class is always about localism. Not always, sorry. Higher chances, they're about localism. They're about their own, their own community and they care because they live in their communities where they, where they have work. 
why do I say those things? Because when I bring those things up, almost everybody goes, that's a good backbone for policy. They don't say, is that libertarian? They don't say that. But it is. When you look at any other party, they always have four things. Only four things government does well. Government does four things very well, and the other parties always bring one of these four things up. Number one, kill people. Really good at that. Right? You want to kill masses? Government has got you there. You ever say to yourself, how can I kill millions without being caught or punished? Government, totally fine. Does it every time. Very good. Imprisoning people. Awesome at that. Oh, my God. How can I imprison millions and have absolutely no repercussions whatsoever? Government is your answer. Every time. And we're Very the best in the business, too. Best in the business. We will build special prisons. We will build, make all kind of laws and rules. We're good at that. Third, create bureaucracy to make people feel like they're doing something important. Oh, are we good at that? So good. If you ever say to yourself, man, I am super efficient. I got to slow myself down. Government got you covered. We will slow you down in a heartbeat. You'll get and you'll gain no value out of it. Last, write a check. Oh my God, does money machine go burr? We are so good at writing checks. Like there's no tomorrow. We write checks better than banks. So every other policy you ever hear will always have one of those four things in it. Guaranteed, if not all. All, if they can. And here's a sad part. Most Americans think that's actually progress, right? You hear Americans say this. There's a problem with violence. We got to pass a law. Not we have to change the environment so there is no black market. That's not an issue. So my policy, to answer your question, would be to end the black market. That would be my policy. I said, you wanna, we want to legalize cannabis? I said, awesome. Let's regulate it like onions. That's what I actually said. Let's regulate like a plant. And people go, regulate like a plant? Libertarians get upset. Regulate? This is what I got from libertarians. What does the government have right to regulate onions? I have an idea. Shut up. Shut up. They're going to regulate onions. I can't stop the government from regulating onions now. But can I get the government to stop creating a black market in, in cannabis and putting people in prison and cr- shutting down businesses? And in California, literally going to black market farms capturing all their st- all of their, their um, crop and then paying with taxpayer money a consultant to burn it all? Can I stop that? Yes, I can. And that's a difference between an activist and a candidate. An activist can just yell and scream and get upset about things. And they should because that's how people care about things by having it happen. But a candidate has to have an answer. A candidate has to have an actual policy and an answer. Can't just yell. And that's one of the things that happens. We often yell liberty, freedom, but have no answers. Here's what the average libertarian says when they go, what about cannabis? Free market, get rid of it, let the government take care of it. To an average American, that means, here's they hear, oh, you don't care about me or my family, it's gonna be chaos, we're all gonna die, you're a bad person. That's what they hear. (laughs) You didn't say that, that's what they hear. I say, how do we get rid of the black market? I say, why don't we regulate it just like like anything else. Why don't we let small farmers create craft grows with cannabis and then small farmers can actually grow. And when they do that, their kids will want to stay because now they'll create marketing groups and they'll create operation groups on their own farms. We'll just, let's, let's, let's allow a farmer to build on their own land, I don't know, a retail outlet, a wholesale outlet, and now their kids will stay. No, everything I'm saying is let the market handle it. Everything I'm saying is pull the government out. But I'm not just saying that. I'm actually giving policies and I'm talking about what makes people happy, family, 
Keep your family with you. Let a small farmer win. All my language is not about government, government. All my language is about making a farmer happy. Then I say, what about the, 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 the older woman that I meet all the time when I'm outside campaigning? And she says, I have chronic pain. Let that woman who is not wealthy, who's on, who now is on a fixed income, grow her medicine in her backyard. Let her feel better, not have chronic pain, and spend more time with her family and her friends. Everything I just said is libertarian. Yet I didn't use one bit of rhetoric. I didn't talk about freedom of liberty. What I said is, here's how we make people happy. And I was talking about cannabis. I didn't even mention getting high. Not once. That's how you make people go, wow, that makes sense. I'm with that guy. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to go too long. I, I always go too long. But my point was, we spend too much time talking about rhetoric and how bad government is instead of saying, hey, let's show you ways of growing without growing government. I'm always about building community. I, spoke, I talk about community all the time. Community matters tremendously. So we talk about that. People say, you know what? I'm in. I agree that that's definitely particularly important from a candidate's perspective, especially if you're running. <clears throat> you, yep. you, you, you need to be putting out something that you're going to do right now that'll change people's lives. That's the whole point of you getting elected. So that, that does make sense. Yeah. And I'm also really glad you brought up the black market. This morning, I was chatting with my husband about all the regulations that are currently in place of the market. And, and I told him the black market is the epitome of a market that is doing so well and without all the regulations that businesses are forced to comply with. And and your policies on deregulating the market, decreasing the size of the government without even mentioning the government. So, so it's it's really nice that you're getting people to meet you in the middle and to the, uh, well, I don't like to throw buzzwords usually, but for the lack of a better word, uh, if you could think of one, please fill me, fill me in. But for the authoritarian ear who isn't used to you know, exploring all these options, like being able to meet them in the middle and putting a dent in their armor. I like to think of it as the first step toward liberty for the individual. I, I agree. I think the remember something: the average American is afraid. Yeah. Right, and the and what we don't want to do is make Americans afraid. And I get people telling me that that they think I'm wrong all the time. I I th I think many libertarians don't like me because of the way I speak, because I don't speak to traditional libertarian, right? They often get upset at me. Larry, you've got to say the words, you've got to say the phrases. I get it. And I don't say them not because I'm against them. I don't say it because everyone else is saying them, right? So they, you got, it's fine. Everyone talking about it. I want to be the guy who's not saying that. So I'm, I don't want to make Americans afraid because everything I hate about America happened because of afraid Americans. Gun control, afraid Americans. War on poverty, afraid Americans. War on drugs, afraid Americans. War on terror, afraid Americans. Every lockdowns, afraid Americans. Mandates, afraid Americans. Every single thing came from afraid Americans. So why would I want to make more of those afraid Americans so they can hurt me more, right? I don't want to do that. I've, I want Americans to not be afraid. So I try to talk to them in ways that make them not afraid. The second thing is, when you start just removing things, right now, government is almost always two things, a monopoly and a jobs program. So when you remove government, take it away. Let's just abolish this thing. When you abolish it, what you're doing is, well, first off, nothing's there now. 
So the black market steps in immediately, right? That's what always happens. And two, all those jobs are gone. So the black market off also steps, uh, goes right into place. I say, Larry, why do I hate the black market? You're a libertarian. You shouldn't hate the black market. Here's the reason why. Because our communities have been controlled by government for so long that most of them don't know how to take care of themselves anymore. That institutional knowledge is gone. So the black market becomes, by default, heavily violent in most cases. Not always. There are exceptions, obviously. But in too many cases, it becomes violent. And when it becomes violent, because they don't have cops and courts. So instead of me taking away everything, I should support them going and using cops and courts for contracts and territories and agreements and whatever the case may be. And the example I think everybody gives is, I don't see my local liquor stores shooting each other, right? They don't shoot, uh, if I go back to the 1920s, yeah, they were shooting each other, right? But now they're not shooting each other. Now they use cops and courts and we're fine. So I, I, want, that, I want that person to just think that, okay, let's just make it fair and, and, and everyone gets to use cops and courts. That's the issue that I bring up. One, one story I often tell, I live in New York City. And people, uh, many people in New York City are totally against guns, as you probably can imagine. We have some of the worst gun laws in the entire country. And so I, I'll go to a, a college, I'll be talking at Fordham University or someplace like this, and I'll say, how many people here own a gun? And maybe one hand will go up, usually none. And I'll say, we all do. You go, what? So yeah, we all own guns. Just the cops have them right now. So when I have a problem, I call 911 and the cops bring my guns and the guns solve my problem. And they're like, huh? I'm like, yeah, that's what happens. When I have a problem, I call 911 and my guns come. The cops are holding them for me, but the cops bring my guns. So we all have worse. guns. Or they, they make it yes, worse. Yes, because they, they do make it worse. But my, my point is, when I say that, people go, oh, wait a minute. I go, yeah. So guns are solving problems, right? Guns aren't making problems. Guns are solving problems, right? You call the cops, your guns come, and you solve whatever problem you want to solve, right? And they go, oh, yeah, they do. Exactly. So why don't we start thinking of it that way? Wouldn't it be better if we did thought of it that way? And then someone will always go, but then cops can make it worse. That's true. Absolutely. So we should be thinking about cops the same way we think about ourselves. And I brought this example up to uh, someone, I think it was from Greece. He was talking to me and, and I said, look, let me ask you. We were sitting outside. And where I live in Queens, we literally live next to each other. And I said, if you looked in that mirror right now, I'm sorry, in that window right now, and you saw a guy who was smoking weed. Do you think, not legally, morally, that it'll be okay for you to kick that door in, grab that, that, that joint out of his mouth, and knock him down and lock him up and put him in a cage. And he goes, what? I said, not legally, morally. Do you think it's okay for you to go in there and do that? And he went, no. I said, so why can cops then? Why can cops? If morally you can't do it, why can cops? And he was kind of quiet. I said, well, what if you looked in that window and you saw some guy holding down a kid by his throat, knife in the air, ready to stab the kid? Morally, should you be able to kick that door in and, and stop him and grab that knife and beat the crap out of that guy? He went, hell yeah. I said, yeah, let's have cops do that. If you think that's okay, then that's a, that's a, a, a way of using cops. Whatever you think you should morally be doing, so should cops. And when you speak that way, people begin to change their idea on what cops are and what they should be doing. It changes how they look at it completely. Right now for too many Americans, and you guys know this, too many Americans believe that cops are above the law and should be, and should be. They believe they should be above the law. Now, to most libertarians, if you're watching right now, you just you basically jumped out of your skin. I get it, but I'm also telling you that's what a lot of Americans think. Um, Arvind Vora, 
said this, and Arvind Voronat have had our issues in the past. Well, you know who he is. He's a former vice chair of the Libertarian Party. He said something to me that made a lot of sense. He said, we have to change a lot in America. He says, if we tore down the system of America right now, tore it all apart, America's rebuild it right up again and probably worse because the culture hasn't changed. And he's right. I spend a lot of time trying to get Americans to change their culture first. I want the culture to change. If the culture changes, then the government changes. Too many people look to government first for everything. They think the government is above them in some way, shape or form. And they almost have a worship of the government and or the executive branch and or the cops or soldiers or whomever is run by the government. And if they believe it, how can we change it? My goal is to change culture more than anything else. And I'm not the end game. Of it. I'm the recruiter, right? I don't, I don't get someone to, I don't get someone to ANCAP. That's not what I do. I don't get someone to anarchist. I don't do that. That's not my, that's not my role in this movement. If that makes any sense. My role in this movement is to get the normie to go, huh? Huh? And it's your job to grab them and say, thank you, recruiter. I'm going to bring them to boot camp now. I'm now going to make them libertarian. That's your job, not mine. Mine is to bring them just to this level. Your job is to finish the job. I'm a so bit that's how I see you. So I'm not going to take that job because I'm a bit aggressive. So <laughs> <laughs> we get preach non-aggression if we're just going to aggressively bring people down that rabbit hole. That's for sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, there's value to this too. I got to be forward about this. People, people want me to be angry at the aggressive people, to be angry at ANCAPs, to be angry at anarchists. If, you're, if you talk to mainstream candidates, many of them can't stand the ANCAPs and the anarchists in their party. And I'm one of the only ones who has on record said, we need them. They are literally <laughs> the backbone of our party. They are literally the North Star of our party. If we get rid of the ANCAPs and anarchists, which some do want to purge, if we were to do that, this party will become either Republican light, or, or, or Democrat light depends on who comes in it more. That is that is the future. The party's finished without anarchists and ANCAPs. Yeah, we no. have to have them in the party. We're a collective difference of uh, minarchists. Again, I'm sorry. We're we're a collective of minarchists and, and anarchists. And if yes. it wasn't for the fact that we were here, this wouldn't exist at all. <laughs> Absolutely. And we yeah. need all of them. That's why people get mad. People are doing them down about, you know, what about the, the messaging coming out of this state or that state? I don't get mad at any of that. All of the messaging works. It just depends on who you're trying to achieve. My audience is normies. That's my audience. So I must speak that way to gather that audience. But there are lots of people who come to us for many different reasons. Right? I remember I was talking to uh, someone about the, a T-shirt that said, legalize, legalize recreational cocaine. <laughs> and someone's like, Larry, is that a good shirt? I said, for somebody that's amazing, you should wear it. Because there's somebody who's going to look at that and go, oh, it's so awesome. And they're going to want to come. And then someone's look at that and go, that's dumb. I don't like it. But then they'll take something else. We need all of the messaging. All of it. There is no such thing as bad. All of it. Because people come here from different spots in their life. Someone yells, end the Fed, and someone jumps on board. Someone else goes, end the Fed? That's stupid. I want, I want, I'm greedy. I want 7 billion libertarians, which means I need a lot of different messaging. I want all of the messaging. Yeah, so Bimbo Terry, you don't you, you dare stop. You, you keep can't. going with your messaging too. It's just different <laughs> than the audience I'm looking for. Yeah, you can't use one form of messaging to appeal to all of them. There's no way it's going to work. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. 
but also Larry, like, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Like, I'm, I'm so glad that you mentioned your solutions and, and your denting the normies armor. Uh, if, if, if you could elaborate a little bit, since you're running for governor of New York, uh, to to maintain that goal also, and to you know clean up New York State, what are some of your major campaign promises that that are resonating within the platform, and what are some of the major campaign promises that you hope to not only clean up New York but bring people into libertarianism? The sad part is I could literally spend seven hours on this. And when I say seven hours, I'm not even exaggerating. I'm not even exaggerating. Uh, I literally spoke, (laughs) I think it was St. Lawrence College. I spoke for four hours straight. Mm. There is so much broken, I could go on forever. So let me grab a couple of them that I think maybe. Yeah, let's get, let's go over some of the major ones that are real important to you. Yeah, like, yeah and um, also, <laughs> and also, Larry, we would love to bring you to Texas A&M to hear the rest of the four hours of your campaign <laughs> promises. If you want to give me four hours at a college, I will fill four hours in a college without question. I've done it before. I'll do it again. Mo- remember, most of my my podcasts are two hours long, so. I, I, I can talk a long time on any issue because this state is completely broken in almost every way, shape, or form. So I guess let's see a couple of them I can bring up. You want, let me give you some that are not so radical and then very radical. How about that? I'll give you two of them. Sure. One of them is not very radical. Most people like it, and it's a way of building up community. What if in New York State? You're going to send your tax bill to Albany once a year for X thousands or tens of thousands of dollars. What if you could take 250 of that of those dollars that you were going to send to Albany, our capital, you could instead give it to any nonprofit in New York State. If you decided that that nonprofit was in your county, it would be $500. So you take 500 bucks that's going to send to, to Albany and say, give it to a nonprofit. You might say, Larry, is that a big deal? What about when 1,000 people do it or 10,000 people do it? Now we're talking half million dollars. Now we're talking $5 million, $50 million in theory in your own county to build up something that you think government does poorly. So you think government has bad childcare. Government doesn't fix the roads right. Government doesn't do whatever. You can now support a nonprofit in your local community and begin to build it out and give it a chance. Now people say, well, that sounds great. Yeah. What happens if that nonprofit to fixes the roads or is a, is a healthcare facility or a childcare facility or a, 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 a retirement home, whatever it is, whatever you think you need. What if they're bad at what they do? Well, it's okay. The government's still there. You can still go to your, your, your safety net, still there if you want to use it. Or guess what else happens? If they're bad, you don't give them money and they go under. What if the government option's bad? They get more money. So the, the reward for the government being bad is more money. The reward for the private sector being bad is it goes under. But eventually that private sector will have to do something well. And when it does, it'll get more money. So one of two things happens. The government has has to get better or the government option goes away because community has stepped up to solve that problem. So it's a way of getting community to step up and solve a problem. That is a a non-controversial one. Was that okay? Sure. Controversial. Say again? That'd be controversial. Now the controversial (laughs) one. I'm going to give you both. Right? That was a simple one that most people like and enjoy and it helps build up community. And I rarely get any pushback on that. People love that. There's my, that's my nice, my nice normie one. Now let me give you a more radical one. 
our budget is completely broken. Our budget has gone from $190 billion to $220 billion while we've lost half a million people out of my state. Our budget is so big that only 20 countries and California have a bigger budget. There are about 193 countries on the planet. So 173 countries have a smaller budget than New York State. That's how big our budget is. Florida has more people than us and half our budget. That's how bloated and broken we are. And they have no state income tax, and we do. So here's the controversial one. I'm gonna create a New York State currency, either based upon gold or based upon cryptocurrency. I haven't figured out yet. The team is figuring this out now, what makes the most sense. The problem with gold is New York State doesn't have much gold because in New York State, we're so awesome, we have a law that states if you find gold in New York State, New York State owns it. <laughs> wonder why there's no wonder why there's no gold mines wow, in New York State. What yeah. a wonderful gold. You Isn't know, that awesome? Policy. Yeah, so great. <laughs> I keep telling you how broken my state is. Yet another example of how broken so the my name state of that, is. that that so, that yes. song comes to mind. Come on, take the money and run. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Get across so if I, create, <laughs> if I create this currency, which Utah already has, and I think South Dakota already has a um, uh, their own currency, so we can create that. As long as it doesn't cross a border, it's legal. It can be done. If we create this currency, the problem with the currency is, why does anybody use the currency? They use dollars. Why would you use the currency? Because I'm going to use this currency to pay for everything education in my state, period. New York State spends about $28,000 per kid, which is the highest in the entire nation, and we rank at best 27th out of 50 often 37th or 38th out of 50. So we spend the most money and get terrible results. I know, shocker for government. So in any case, we make that, that becomes a currency. Once that happens, I start paying for it in that currency. So you want your, your salaries get paid for that. You want to sell books to New York State. That gets done that way. All that has to happen in that currency. It's called the Yorkie. You get, the, you get it all in Yorkies. That's what you get. Yeah, so say again? <laughs> Remind me of a dog the entire time. She's going to think of a Yorkie dog. That's the point. I hope you do. That'd be awesome. We're going to put a little Yorkie face on it. It'd be cute as hell. It's cute money. I would move to New York just to use that that money. See that? That's what I'm I'm bringing people back already. Look at that. Already I'm winning. Already I'm winning. If it doesn't, I'm out. I'm in. I'll do it I just for push. you. You got to move though. He's going to make sure. Move. He's going to make sure that there's a dog on that friggin' currency. Hundred percent. Hundred yeah. percent. Yes. He's gonna come back so to now, you and be like, "I have your currency here. <laughs> here we go." <laughs> exactly right. I'm calling you up and saying, "Let's go." So once we do that, what winds up happening is that takes about six to seventy billion dollars off of our budget right away, which puts it down to about one hundred fifty billion dollars or so, which is still terrible. But it's something else. Once we start paying for it, all federal government um, the monies go away. All the federal strings go, are, are no longer attached all the state uh, strings are no longer attached. All the strings are unattached. I've just allowed localism in my school district by default. I've also just ensured that if I just send the money out of Albany directly, 18 to $19,000 in Yorkies to each kid, the money follows the kid by default. Because as the districts get the money, the kid, the money follows the kid. But I'm still not done. You create a 4,000 Yorkie credit for those people who want to either homeschool and or go to private school. So now I've assisted in private schools and homeschooling on top of it. But since I am paying for the Astro District, whether you're a homeschool kid or you are a private school kid, you may still use district facilities. So you could be a homeschool kid and still be on the football team. Homeschool kid, still be in the math club, whatever the case may be. So I can still encourage 
uh, community while still allowing individualism. The goal of any good organization should be diversity of thought with unity of purpose. So I wanna create diversity of kids going to different schools whatever they want with a unity I hope voluntarily of caring about your community and wanting to build your community up. The goal would be to keep people in their community to build it up and to still get diversity of thought within that community itself and allowing each community to change its own school curriculum as it sees fit. I don't mind, you, whatever the, the school districts see fit, they'll change their curriculums as, as they see. But it's more important than that. Once that happens, no need for standardized testing until high school anymore, that goes away. All the uh, idea of all the administrators who are controlling everything, they're not required anymore because most of them are required because of state and or federal mandates. The average teacher in New York state makes about $80,000 a year. The average administrator makes about $200,000 a year. There are administrators in New York state who make three or $400,000 a year and don't even see students. Gone. I've created a massive surplus at the local, uh, uh, at the local um, communities. They can decide to fire and or hire whom they want to. I don't mind. I'm the governor. I don't make those decisions. That goes down to the local levels. They make their own decisions. But the best part is right now in New York State, most uh, schools being paid for by property taxes, which is school taxes. Would you now end school tax? The average New Yorker will cut their property tax by about half. As soon as that happens, rents stabilize. The youth can stay. People can retire here now because now their property tax is cut in half. Um, and on top of that, the property tax is cut in half. Average people will stay. Their mortgages will be less. Everything gets better when we cut our property tax in half. So that's how you can lower the budget, cut the property tax in half, and at the same time, allow, uh, allow um, education to be localized and the money to follow the kid, also promoting both private schools and promoting homeschooling. I'll admit, and who doesn't love Yorkies. Yeah, and who doesn't and love Yorkies. Come admit, on. Larry, and you got a cute dog on your money. I'll admit, Larry, bonus. I'll give you that with your elaborate answers to a lot of these questions. You've eliminated some of ours off the, the board already. <laughs> just, with, just with some of your answers, you've already uh, answered some of the other questions that we've had for you just because of uh, you giving us your long quote, like uh, your long. I, I've been doing this for a little bit. I've been doing this for a while. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, I'm like, uh... <laughs> we love your efficiency. <laughs> yeah, see that? yeah. We, we appreciate, we appreciate that. <laughs> well, uh, who, who, what, what do we have next in line, guys? Come on. <laughs> Who's up? That's me again. Oh, okay. What are you, what are you question? What made you decide to put together your own show and what purpose did you have in mind for it? Yes, um, the, the, there were many reasons why I made the sharp way. One of them was because I wanted to stay in the game after the election. The sad part about most libertarians is uh, candidates. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I focus on candidates. I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I need to be clear when I'm talking to you guys, you guys aren't always about candidates. Most of the time when I'm talking, people are talking about candidates. And I know there are differences. Activists are different than candidates, are different than donors, are different than volunteers. They're all different parts of our movement. And the second piece I want to be very clear is the Libertarian Party is just a piece of the Libertarian movement. The movement's bigger than the party. And the party cannot survive without the movement. The movement can survive without the party. Mm -hmm. However, the movement is stronger with the party. That makes any sense. So some people are just in the movement and don't care about the party at all. Again, I'm very niche. I focus on the party and I focus on candidates. So because I'm so focused, sometimes when I'm speaking to libertarians who aren't in that world, it's not clear what I'm talking about. So I'm always, please keep that in mind. I have a bias in my communication because of where I focus 
I focus not on the movement as a whole. I focus on on the party and I focus even within party, I focus on candidates. So I guess I, I should have given that disclaimer earlier, but you've seen everything I've said. It, I'm, I'm so clearly in that world. Got you. In any case, um, I started the show because I want to stay in the game because for most candidates who make any impact, they run, they make impact, they go away. I didn't want to go away. I wanted to stay. And I thought some type of podcast would allow me to stay in the game. People could talk to me still, could hear me still. People would be involved again. So I think that's one of the reasons why I did a show. But there's a second piece. I had a lot of people who were following me from the campaign. And many of them were not libertarians. They were kind of what I call Larry-tarians, which means they just liked some things that I had to say, but they really weren't libertarian, if that makes any sense. Like they mm-hmm. liked my education plan, or they, they liked my way of raising money without taxation, or they liked my way of fixing things without having to charge with more money, or they liked something I said, right? So I wanted to draw them in. And this was able to made it happen. It got more people who liked me to keep hearing me, and it turned more normies more libertarian because once they started seeing me they're like oh what's the libertarian stuff and before you know it i was the, the thing if you come to me within a year or so you're gonna be an ancap and that's my point right i want you to come to me and then eventually go to the next level and a lot and this was a recruiting tool to bring people to that but there's a second piece on my shortwave show if you notice i don't know if any of you actually watch it it's rare i have libertarians on it it's either me talking or non-libertarians I've had actual socialists, literally socialists, guys with like a North Korean flag on their wall on my show. And I do that on purpose because I also want the libertarians watching to know most of the world is not libertarian. This is what you're up against, right? We have a lot of work to do. When I had people on my show, literally when I said, okay, so how are you going to decide which businesses, you know, to seize? And they'd be like, well, here's how. And libertarians are like, what? This guy's actually saying it. Yes, mask is off. He's telling you what he thinks. He thinks it's okay to seize businesses and put people in prison. I had one younger guy say, talk about that. He says, you know, well, you know, we're going to have Jeff Bezos, you know, we're going to take, you know, his company and such. And I said, oh, okay. When you take his money, are you just going to take his company or does he get to keep any money or no? And he was like, well, we'll negotiate with him. He'll keep some of his money. And he was totally like, fine with this. And I said, okay, what if Jeff Bezos doesn't want to give you his money? Well, he has to. Okay, got it. What if he says no? Well, he has to. No, no. What if he says no? He says, no, you can't have my company. You can't have all my money. You can't. Well, you have to. So prison, he went, yeah. Like, duh. And you would, and again, libertarians, your heads won't explode. But there's a whole lot of Americans who are like, that makes sense. Yeah, totally fine. Well, those people are just entitled. They're entitled to other people's money. And I will never find common ground with those people because I think that's repugnant. Well, let me let me push back if I could. Put, let me push back if I could. Many of those people believe in their hearts that they've been lied to by the system, that they've been told, sold a bill of goods, that what they're getting in return is not something undeserved. They believe in their hearts that because they were stole, they were stolen, it's just making things right. That's what they believe. And I know for, again, libertarians watching like, what? I'm telling you a lot of people believe this. They were told, their, um, for many of them, they were told their entire life that all you have to do is pass these cool tests, go to the co- right college, and a great job be waiting for you. 
And then when that happened, they did all the things they were supposed to do. And they got participation trophies for 30 years. And they didn't actually achieve anything. And then they couldn't get that great job. They're like, wait a minute. You told me that's how it works. Then they had, if they were, if it's 2008, 2015 or so, they had a horrible um, crash, which they couldn't move ahead. Many of them don't own anything. They don't have an ownership mentality. They rent everything. Now we got lockdowns for two years. Many people who just started uh, rocking and rolling with their, own, with their own gig economy, working hard, they just got hammered and slashed. And they think the system is hammering me all day long. The system lied to me. The system owes me. That's how many of them feel. So I think in some cases you're right, but I would ask you to at least try to think about where they might be coming from. I understand where they're coming from, but in my head, that doesn't make any sense because for me personally, if I felt like the system fucked me over, why uh-huh. in turn would I then put my trust in the system to rectify a situation they created? That's just insane. So w- what is your alternative then? If you're them. I don't know. Just don't feel entitled to other people's shit. That's easy for you to say, but for them, how do they feel? I'm not them. So I can't put myself in their shoes. I understand. Where exactly. And you can be upset at them if you want to. And I get it. I am too. I'm not upset. I don't hate them. Like I have a lot of fucking self. You just said they're repugnant. Yeah. Repugnant. There's a lot of people I find repugnant that I don't hate. My, t- my child has a turtle. I hate turtles. I think turtles are disgusting, but I still take care of it and feed it. So, so now you think they're just pets. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. All I'm saying is you can feel that way. You absolutely have a right to. I get it. My worry is there are a whole lot more of them than there are us. And they vote our rights away every single year. And we have a couple of options. We can be angry at them and do nothing. And they just keep voting our rights away. We can try violence. I'm not up for that one. But some people are. I'm not up for that one. Or the other thing is we can convert them. That's what I do. I've chosen conversion. That's my option. But every option is right. You should do what you feel is best. My 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 choice is conversion. See, I don't have an issue with like the libertarian socialists because they're voluntarists at their core. Like I am not a socialist. I think it's absolutely asinine. But the libertarian socialists, I don't have any issue with because they don't want to push it on anyone else. Yep. So that's, I don't care if people feel a certain way, but once you start to push it on others and like pass legislation so that it happens to other people, that's what I find repugnant. I'm agreeing with you. No argument. All I'm saying is with that in mind, what is our option? Accept them destroying us, violence or conversion. I pick conversion. Well, yeah, violence is never, I'm not a huge fan of violence. Also, I'm like five foot two, so I'm not very intimidating. Um, I don't know. I don't think I agree with you on that. uh, And guns can be a really good equalizer is all I'm saying. They can be a really good equalizer. All right. To be fair for all of our listeners, if they've seen a single episode with Salem on here, they know that she's incredibly intimidating. I don't care care how tall you are. You are incredibly intimidating. (laughs) 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 <laughs> to be forward again with you, just just to be forward with you. I don't disagree with anything you just said. I don't disagree. I'm just saying what are now what are our options? And the option I choose is conversion. And so that's what I do. I usually just tell those types of people to check out the Green Party because as much as I am a diehard libertarian and I'm not a convert, like I turned 18 in 2010, registered as libertarian, I've always been libertarian. 
I am more for third party unity at this point than mm-hmm. I am anything else because any other votes that we can take away from the Republicans, I'm down for. Even if it's not a vote for us, like I'm okay with that. So you you're happy that I'm trying to team up with the uh, the forward party, the Yang Gang. Yeah, I'm happy is not a word that I would use, but I do. Appreciate- you just said you would be happy if we got third party. Oh, I. I'm also not a libertarian candidate. I'm not a face of the party in any type of way. I'm just some angry little ANCAP who sits at my house and yells at people on Facebook. Like, that's all I do. But I appreciate... Don't put yourself down. You're valuable, too, just like all the rest of us. Well, she's like the most prestigious (laughs) and infamous uh, member of this podcast. So Here we go. See that? I'm like, you're more you heavy than just, you thought. You are not just somebody who 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 argues with people on Facebook. Like, I, I appreciate what you're doing with like trying to get the third parties together. I appreciate that. But when it comes to like actually trying to get these people who don't align with the platform into the Libertarian Party, I do kind of feel like that is watering down the platform a little bit. So yeah, that's how I feel. I'm sorry. Well, could, could we could we find uh, a way to where the person doesn't have to be libertarian? They could still be green or Democrat, Republican, or independent or whatever, but they could just sometimes vote libertarian. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. Like, I mean, a that's vote what I'm trying to achieve. True, that's true, what I'm trying to achieve. Yes, true, true, true. But but when oh. can, when candidates no. do, sorry, I'm gonna have to step in here. <laughs> When uh, sometimes I've I've heard libertarian candidates they've they've compromised uh, core the core belief of libertarian principles on some of their campaigns. Yes, because because they were trying to get more votes. Now, don't get me mm-hmm. wrong; we're all for getting votes. Yep. Uh, but that that steers away lifelong libertarians, like that yep. that that turns them away. Hundred yep. percent. That doesn't help the the movement at all. Like the goal should be to uh, it should be a- actual conversion to understand what volunteerism yes. is. Uh, it should not be uh, whether or not we can gain more one-time voters now because we decide that we're gonna be okay with this this particular authoritarian policy because it seems to be something that's more popular. And because I mean, if you look at it, even statewide, like I mean, you'll fi- you'll probably find a lot of people who align with one specific um, uh, issue that uh, I don't know any candidate could have, which is fine. But I mean, with libertarianism in general, like, yeah, if you compromise that for one issue, then there are more voters in ratio to what you have, even if they exist, uh, you know, libertarian registered, because a lot of the times we're not even recognized as a party. That's correct. People who are actually libertarians, like, are totally not okay with that. Yeah, sometimes of the populist wave, uh, and their their liking to a specific policy outnumbers even just libertarians in general. So you could go with the the issue and decide that you're going to back that issue just to gain more votes that way. But that 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 turns away from like w- what we're all about here and volunteerism is 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 what we're but, about. But, but what you're saying, what I'm hearing from you, and tell me if I'm wrong here, is that you're saying I should or I or any candidate, me included, should uh, ha- has to would be watering down the message if you accepted a policy that was non-libertarian. Is that what I'm getting at? No, I'm saying that you, I mean, if, if the core, cause you had said yourself that the, the goal here is conversion. So we want to convert more people to libertarian yep. ideas, right? Yes. I don't feel that 
trying to gain one-time voters by being in line with a policy that's definitely not libertarian. But hold on, let, let me touch this if I could. Did you hear anything I said that was not in line with libertarian policies? I mean, so far, everything that you've said, it's it's it ha- have have been correct. So here is my goal in policy. I gave you my four cr- uh, criteria. I never break those four criteria. But there's something else I don't do when as a politician, as a candidate, I use the words of my audience. Like I said, regulate cannabis like onions. Regulate is what makes normies feel good and safe. But I said like onions, which is virtually no regulation. Yes. So I basically deregulated cannabis, but I didn't go, we got to deregulate. The second the left hears deregulate, they immediately say, you're a Republican conservative. I can't talk to you. I shut you off. I don't listen to you. Yeah, so I basically a, said deregulate the cannabis. You're right. That's a but talking I use point. The phrase, that's a talking point. Regulate like onions. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's basically- so you, you also don't hear me say free market. What I say is consumer driven. It's the same thing. Yes. Larry, I love that you said consumer driven. That's actually the common ground that my left authoritarian brother and I come to agreement to. Yes. You can't, if you tell a left out there, you tell a left anything, but any, any establishment left person, free market, they don't hear you. It doesn't matter what you said, because when they hear free market, when you say free market, they hear big business crushes me. Yeah, say yeah. La- that's I, what they hear I, when you say I that. Me- I haven't mentioned the aspects of laissez-faire. I, like people look at me like they want to gut me like a pig. Yes, <laughs> I'm like, yes. what are you talking about? Like, just yeah, like, free just market capitalism. Right they want to gut you, but when <laughs> yes. you say consumer-driven, they will agree. A hundred percent. So to your point, I am changing my language, but everything I do points everyone in the direction of freedom. All I, I don't believe. Be forward. I really believe that the only way we save this country is through a third party and that third party has to be libertarian because it's the only party where you can still be liberal or conservative as long as you don't use force and you can still get along with people. The problem is the country is very quickly marching towards oligarchy slash dictatorship. Do I believe I can be the guy to fix the country? I don't. Do I believe I can be the guy to set it up for someone to fix it? I do. I think I'm the guy who begins to turn this place around where someone goes, wait a minute. Did you see what Larry Sharp did in New York? Maybe we can fix this damn place. That's what I think I can be. I think I can be the guy who sets it up. I'm not going to lie, Larry. Where- I'm not going to lie. I, in the history of my life, have had no appeal whatsoever to even visit New York, let alone even move there. And a lot of that has there to we do go. with high regulations. And yep. a lot of it has to do with like, Lots like the, the such the one of the highest tax rates in the entire country. Yep. I thought that if like, in my opinion, even me, maybe driving into the state, I don't know how many laws I might be breaking. They don't want just drive right to Rikers want, Island and just surrender yourself to jail. Want, they don't <laughs> want they don't want the Russian bot in New York. I can guarantee no. you. Yeehaw, <laughs> screw the law. It's yes. like, oh crap, I forgot about the block <laughs> in the freaking glove compartment. Yes. <laughs> next I Whoops. know, I'm doing freaking it's not, it's not my years officer. <laughs> yes. Years in jail. The reason I would go to New York is because I like historic architecture. Yes. I like ghost stories. And New York is full of both of those. But as 
sitting there. I just, I don't know, man. There's but AOC I, is my congressperson. My condolences, dude. I accept your condolences. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. That's just absolutely. That's, that's yes. only a, that's only a recent rendition. Like this is an ongoing thing. So I mean, no, you, I'm with you you definitely you definitely give me hope for for the direction you want to take New York. And I gotta say, man, may, maybe I'll visit in the future. All I'm saying <laughs> is, could you imagine if I actually won this thing? If I actually win this thing next year, literally, we change the entire country overnight. That'll I'm not big, joking. That'll be a biggest win for the liberty movement that we've needed in a long time. Not just that, the whole world, the whole country changed because you know what? All the people who are libertarian, who won't change over, who won't openly be libertarian because they can't win, because they're all losers, because They'll there's change. no chance of victory, that changes. A whole bunch of people go, I've always been libertarian. All of a sudden, <laughs> that becomes a thing they say. Now, some of them will be full of crap without question. But I don't mind because the fact that it will become open, you can talk about it, will be more important than a couple of people who will be full of crap. You didn't there will be people who it, are not. You didn't inadvertently turn it into a populist wave. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> now, we'll have to shift through, but I'll take that. That's a good growing pain. I will take those growing pains in a heartbeat. Hey, man, absolutely. Trump got elected off a populist wave. <laughs> absolutely. Yes, he did. Absolutely. <laughs> So I absolutely do that. So I'm sorry. I'm, I'm yapping away again. That's what I do. <laughs> you love good. your yapping. Thank All right. You. So this question is pretty relevant to the last one. Um, when you first got into show business, did you expect that you would have this big of a platform that you currently do? Did you um, ever think it would be this big? My platform actually isn't that big because I get shadow banned all the time. Yeah. Um, constantly. And the shadow banning happened right after COVID. Once I was anti-lockdown, everything changed. Facebook shut me down. They can't we'll shut do me it. down totally because I'm blue checked and I'm a candidate. So they don't shut me down. They shadow ban the, shadow banned the shit out of me. It's terrible. Literally before COVID, I was getting every show I was doing. And I was producing five to seven shows every single week. I was making 10 hours at least of live content every week. And every show would get 15, 20,000 views consistently. After lockdowns, two or 3,000. Wow. Shut well, down. So my, my platform that was large went down. <coughs> now, how do I know that I'm being shadow banned? Because if I get enough people to like, comment, and share, it breaks the algorithm. And all of a sudden, I get 15,000 views again. I never get five or 7,000 views ever. I get two or three or 15 or 20. That's it, mostly two or three. So actually my platform isn't shut down since COVID worse than it's ever been. So it's actually not as good as a platform. I wish it was bigger. My, my bigger platform tends to be going on other people's shows that are larger than me and running for office. The, the advantage of running for office is when you run for office, people wanna to talk to you. When you don't, they don't care. That's just how our society works. Oh, he's running for governor? I guess he's smart. I'm no smarter than I ever was or wasn't. I'm no better good looking than I was or wasn't. But all of a sudden I'm running for governor and he's like handsome and smart now for some reason. But anyway, I, well, look, you're I'm over here not acting it. like the fine wine that you are, that you don't look better with age. No, look, I am you a hottie. That's true. But, you, you know, I'm just saying. You shut your mouth. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> no, my, my, point being, my, my point being, as attractive as I am, you shouldn't be upset because I'm also smart too and modest. 
which is the best part about me. Um, but in any case, uh, but I, but running for office has, I'll give you an example. I've spent 15 years more trying to be the best consultant I could possibly be. I've been an officer in public companies. I've been a reorg guy. I've trained and talked, taught in, in Ivy schools. And I still always had to hustle to market and to bring in clients, always. I run for office, phone won't stop ringing. I'm not a better consultant. I'm not all of a sudden smarter or wiser. I'm the same consultant I've always been. I run for office, phone won't stop ringing. Some of the best marketing I could have ever done. And mm -hmm. I wasn't even trying. It wasn't my goal. Like I wasn't, I wish, I wish I was so savvy as to realize that if I run for office, I'd mark, but I'd run for office years ago. I wouldn't have spent 15 years trying to build my business up. I just would have started a business and run for office and got free marketing. But that's what actually happened. So running for office actually gave me a, a bigger, a bigger uh, platform than I thought I would get. I thought I'd get a better platform because I'm going to give cool information or be super smart or savvy. So nope. that must have been quite the surprise blessing for you then. Yes. Run for office and people think you're smart all of a sudden. Just how it works. Oof. I also like to think that the fact that Facebook is going out of their way to shadow ban you because yes. how dare you say something that's not within their authoritarian echo chamber, right? Yes. Like the fact that they are actively trying to censor you and your ideas, I think that means you have a big platform. Well, I, I think, think so you're too. right in that regard, right? When I when I go out and across New York State and I cover my state every year, I've gone to every county, also the two every year for the past four years. And as I go out, people still show up. I get 30, 40 people show up at my event still. So it's still great. I still raise money, which is nice. So it, it is good. But the worst part is I'm not even anti-vax. I'm not. I'm anti-mandate. Yeah. But I don't even I don't even say that. I've changed that word. I've changed that phrase. I say I'm pro-consent. That's it. I'm pro-consent. You do what you think is right for your body and your health. I'm in. Do what you think is right. I'm pro-consent. That's it. And that, shadow ban. You have to be pro what they want or shadow ban. Yeah. And I'm like, pro-consent, isn't that good? Don't, don't we like consent? Isn't that a good thing? You think? I guess not. It's not the particular... Not. It's not the particular... Uh, talking point you know that the talking heads want you to say if it's if it's not Correct. that you're in you're in trouble there only certain yeah. so center okay i guess <laughs> say again only certain types of consent are okay i guess that's correct absolutely so i guess to answer your question question brian is um i was surprised how it affected my business um i was also hoping that it'd be bigger when it came to my run for office actually What's, what, I, what surprised me was how much it was pay to play. I knew money mattered. I did. I didn't know how much it mattered. For example, I actually thought when I first ran, and again, was, I've only run one time. And the one time I ran, I used a, a, a team that was inexperienced as I was. And we made mistakes and we did things that were ignorant. But we tried our best and we did pretty good. I mean, we, we did good uh, for who we were and for the amount of experience we had. So one thing I thought is, well, look, I'm officially the candidate. I'm, I'm raising money, I'm running a real campaign, the, the press will cover me. They didn't. So we literally asked them, why aren't you covering me, right? Why? And they called up and they said, they're very forward. You don't buy ads. Buy ads, we'll cover you. You don't buy ads, we'll cover you. Democrats, Republicans buy ads every year all the time. We always cover them, they always buy ads. 
not like, as, oh, not necessarily with their own money either. <laughs> Never with their own money. Always with someone else's. But there's a matter. The newspaper doesn't care. Newspaper and, and radio station, TV station just cares to get paid. They don't care what money it is. Right? They get paid. They cover. And we tried this. We had a, a guy, a local guy in New York running 2019, uh, 2020, 20, yeah, 2019. So we, we raised some money for him, a couple thousand, about 10,000 bucks. And we did an, an ad campaign. Literally signed it to check. The sales rep says, let me introduce you to our political um, a correspondent. Literal pay to play. Like pay as I get the check, here he goes. So I thought, okay, that's how the game is, but I get it. So then I said, well, it doesn't matter because I'll get covered in polls, right? I'm, I'm going to be on the ballot. I'm the official candidate, right? I'm running. I'm running. I'll get caught. I won't get covered in polls. They wouldn't cover me. So we call them up. Why aren't you putting me in the polls? Guess what they said? You don't buy the poll. Yeah. Buy the poll, put you in a poll. I said, okay, how much the poll cost? $40,000. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus yep. Christ, you got to buy a poll in order to be to featured in one? Yes. And I say this all the time, so it's not like this is a, it's a secret. No one's suing me. No poll guys are suing me. I've been saying this for four years, out loud to everyone who listened. And no one's mad at me. Like, like if this was a lie, I would have already been sued. Right? Already, I'd, I'd have been sued already. No, it's you, not a lie. You, you it's so have- true. You didn't have the missing contacts line behind the, the Facebook posts or none of that fact checking shit that they go on. Nothing. There nothing. Not, not one. Not one. No not missing one contacts. Thing. They're like, yes. No missing exactly contacts. <laughs> because if the voter doesn't know that you're on the ballot so that they can vote for you, that's suppressing their vote. That's fucking voter suppression. Yep. Yes. Yeah, we saw a lot of that throughout Jorgensen's presidential run, like from not being featured in the polls to the Republican Party, attempting to sue the Libertarian Party. In any polls. Biggest, look, I'm totally biased on this. Biggest mistake Jorgensen made was not taking my team. My team was sitting there for 2018 waiting. She didn't want it. Biggest mistake, if you ask me. Oh, well, is did she at least tell, say a particular reason of why she didn't want it? I guess she already had her team, which is fine. But I think my team was better. I'm totally biased because they're my team, but I don't care. They're better. Like, I feel like. <laughs> if, well, you know I what, mean, man? We're gonna bring. Think, you know, we're like gonna a, we're gonna do our best. That's why. If, uh, uh, once this gets out there, because I know that Larry, when you share it, we're probably gonna get way more views. Because normally we get about four views. But we might get more. <laughs> we, got, we might get more views now that I know that you're on our. Now that they know that you're on our podcast. When yeah, they do my, that, that um, somebody who's in touch with Joe Jorgensen, we'd like to bring her on next. So, yep. Yeah, um, if you if you anyone who's viewing, if you have contact with Dr. Jorgensen, please put us in touch. Yes, absolutely. You can contact any one of us, and uh, then we so, we might want to ask directly why she didn't go with Larry's yes. team. <sighs> And also, I who was, wouldn't want to join Larry's team? Larry's awesome. Yay, yeah, I yay. definitely think everyone. But that's but there's the biggest thing I'm doing now, right? It, it, this run that I'll have now for next year will also set up a team prepared for whoever runs in 2024. Well, I'm also right? curious too because what, what you were the points you were making earlier about how how because you don't always run, but you're running because you don't like the burnout. Now you're ready to run again. So I feel like you've learned from all your mistakes in the past. 
Yep. And now you're ready to do a whole run again because you didn't want to just run to like burn people out for donor. Yep. You know, donor donor burnout, you know, or activist burnout. Now you're ready to go again. So I feel like you are you're coming to the plate now. Serious, serious. Oh, no, no, no doubt. We are already raising money. We are already building out our team. Um, We we already we've already got press already. Like I already have. I've already had newspapers. I've already done TV interviews already happening. It's already rocking and rolling. We do. So, it. Uh, we actually have some really good, good questions too now for you. Uh, I think uh, Christiana, are you next with the question? Yeah. And actually this, this is directly related to what we're talking about, Larry, like in addition to all the cool stuff you're doing, you're, you're a really busy guy. And this is not even accounting for the fact that like, you're also working in your own business and you have a wife and two kids. What is your daily routine? Um, my daily routine is okay. I'll go before I started running or after. Um, once I start running, I can't work. So I no longer work. I'm, I, I'm, I'm not getting salary. I would not get a salary for another year. So I don't work anymore. Well, it's 20 about hours about running 20 hours a week. Um, I spend on the phone calling people. Um, usually 21, 22, 24 hours a week, four to three to four hours, almost every day I'm on the phone calling people. Um, most of the time it's calling grassroots people who have supported me in the past, getting them back on board again, because I need the grassroots people to get back out on board and start telling their friends and doing stuff. I'm not going to be able to raise all the money that the big boys raised, right? Mm -hmm. Not, not, can't do it. Next thing I'm doing is creating content, which is stuff like this, right? And creating my own content. And also then creating content to ask for money from larger donors. I make a lot of large donor calls too. I raised half a million dollars last time and the average donation was about 85 bucks. So what I'm able to do is get a lot of people to give me a little bit of money, which is nice. But I also need heavy hitters to write big checks to me. And how I usually get to happen is if I get a big, a big donor, you get matching funds. And people may not know why matching funds works. For the average donor who likes me and supports the movement, they write a check or they give me a credit card number or whatever they do. They give me $5 to hundred bucks. What they do because they care. They like it. It matters. They want to be part of it. And they go. But if you're someone who can write me a check for 10 or $20,000 and in, in New York state, my maximum is $44,000 from one person. So if you can write me a check for 20 or 30 or $10,000, that's an investment for you. You look at it differently, right? You're looking at it as I can put this money many places. Why would I put $20,000 into Larry Sharp? You want investment. So often they want proof that I can do something. So they often go, if you raise 20, I'll give you 20. Or some of them are open a blanket. They go, how much can you raise? I'll match it. And then I have to pick the number that I think I can raise, right? I think I can do 10. If I raise 10, will you give me 10? They go, yeah, raise 10, I'll give you 10. I'm doing one right now, raise 20 and I'll get 20. It's one donor who will give me $20,000 if I raise $20,000. So now I have to go out and get people to give me a hundred bucks, right? I have to get 200 people. Give me a hundred bucks so I can get to $20,000. So you can write a check for $20,000. That's how I mix and match my big donors and small donors. Mm-hmm. I like a lot of small donors. The reason why is I'm less beholden to any specific donor. That makes any sense, right? My biggest donor was less, was less than 5% of my total output of cash. That is very uncommon in libertarian worlds. Literally, if a, if a libertarian guy or gal is running, over half the money comes from one big donor. Yeah, it's better That's to rely normal. on it's re- better to rely on the support of many people. Hundred percent, way than better it is to have one person who wants to sway their particular opinion on you because they they're 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 signing the larger check. 
Correct. So I'm always trying to make that match so that I'm, I'm never beholden to one big donor, but I'm always trying to cultivate also multiple big donors so that if I lose one of them because they go, Larry, you have to do this thing. And I go, no, I can't do that thing. The campaign doesn't shut down. I still have other donors who can put in money to make that happen. So mm-hmm. I'm already working on a poll right now. If I'm able to raise my 20 plus my 20, that's my 40 grand. That's my poll. So I'm already thinking about getting polls for January. I'm already on top of all these things already. My policy, I'm putting them together. So yeah, we're already rocking and rolling. If things go well, we'll be able to raise at least $200,000 by January. That's the hope. Um, maybe more, depends on how, how well things go. I'd like to be able to raise more, obviously. I raised half a million the entire campaign last time. If I can get two to $300,000 just in this first two months, all right, now we're doing well. That means I'm on, I'm on target to raise about a million dollars for the entire campaign which is double what we raised last time. Now, is that a winnable race? Probably not at the main dollars, we forward to you. But I'm also looking at doing several things in my state. In New York State, we have what's called fusion voting. Fusion voting means I can actually run on multiple lines, which means I can be a libertarian and still get other lines. So I'm probably gonna run in the Republican primary. If I run a Republican primary and I win it, I'll get listed as a libertarian and a Republican on the same ballot twice. Wow. If I then get... Andrew Yang's team to agree to give me the forward line, I'll be listed three times. Republican, Libertarian, forward. I'll be listed three times. If I get that, this becomes a winnable race because now I can get all the Republicans, all the independents, all the uh, uh, Libertarians, and all the pissed off Democrats. If I can get all of them, it's a winnable race. But it doesn't mean I'll win. I hope I'll win, obviously. But the more important piece, if I get either the Republican line or the forward line, I'll get on the debate stage. And that's the most important thing of this entire thing. I have to get my ideas on the debate stage, out in the press, as a libertarian, doing that. So That'll if I get either that, of them, that could, I'm guaranteed that could sway, that could to be sway there. the opinion of the, 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 the public, even people who have already been supporting other direct Republican or even Democrat uh, candidates as it was. If yes, you but it does something there, else, though. Listen to you. It does something, what I think is actually more important, and that is people see a libertarian on a mainstream debate stage that helps every candidate across the nation, right? Every candidate gets helped. You tell me, man, I watched, I watched, that's what I want. I watched Ricky Dale Harrington Jr. Live here in my state of Arkansas. Ricky is amazing. I love Ricky. hundred percent. Yeah. Tom Cotton refused to show up. And so it basically just became an entire forum for what Ricky was about. And you know what? He, he killed it. He did wonderful. He did wonderful. I watched it too. I'm with you. I'm a big rookie fan. Yeah, I had him on my show fan. twice. Oh, sweet. <laughs> He's running for governor of Arkansas twice. next now. So I can't Absolutely. wait. I've already offered. I'll, I'll go raise money for him. I'll raise money for him. Tell me once. You, co- you come down here, man. I'll come meet you in person. <laughs> I'll do it. I just raised money for um, Natalie Bruno in Oklahoma. Sweet. Bruno. I went All there. Right. Yes. Yeah, 100%. I know Natalie. I am o- <laughs> Well, I, don't I, know have actually, <laughs> I have actually, I have actually, I'm all about raising money. I have raised over, I've raised over a million dollars for um, libertarians in the past five years. Half of that was for myself and half of that was for others. You're doing some really good work for the candidates. I'm glad that you do that. Have to, have to. And so am I up next guys? Is that what, where I'm at? Yes, you're next. Yep, you're next. All right. So I got the, I got the juicy one here. Yeah. You got the best one. Yeah. Uh-oh. So what are your thoughts on Kuo's resignation as well as the accusations against his brother? <laughs> um, his, there's accusations against his brother now too. Is that right? Yeah. There's accusations against him. Um, I think 
late summer, early fall, there were some allegations against Chris oh. Cuomo, but I hadn't really been following that story very closely. I don't know if those actually went through or if um, they just went away. There's a couple of things about him resigning and such. When people were talking about him, it is rare that I make personal attacks. That's not my style. I rarely do that. He was always an exception. And the reason is I told everybody, he's a bad guy. People would say, no. I said, no, no, you don't understand. He is a bad, vindictive guy. I would literally do on my show, Tuesdays with Andy, where I would just kind of take his press conference and tear him apart. What he was saying, how bad he was, what a narcissist he was, how he hurts people, how he's lying to you, down the line. People loved it. One of my most popular shows always is Tuesdays with Andy. I just tear him up. And they say, why are you, why are you that way? Because he's a bad human being. I knew he was. And all this comes out, he's a bad human being. Yeah, exactly. And here's the worst part. And it's going to sound crazy. 11 women, 11, not one said yes. You're the governor and you got a mansion. You can't get one woman to go, yeah, I'll go play poker with you. you <laughs> yeah, did one. Talk about what a bad guy. Talk about no game. If I had a mansion and I was the governor, I could have got one woman to consent. Probably at least one. Any to consent. At least one to just at least least one to come at you. You know what? Yeah. All right, Larry, I'm into it. Let's do this. At least one wouldn't do that. I couldn't get one. Oh my God! Talk about no but Larry. Game. I mean, he's that... Italian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, I, it's, I, a, I diff- it's say, a different um, culture. On of all Italians, we we denounce him. <laughs> okay, good. okay, yes, all right. Yes. That's our prickle residential stereotypical <laughs> yes, yes. Italian right there, and no. he said we denounce him. So, so my but my point being, I knew he was a bad guy. But even when it happened, you know Italian. what I did when it first happened? I actually said I'm not going to talk about it. People said, why? I said, because everybody deserves due process, even him. You hold your talk. So but you said the same when thing it came about right now. I stopped. You said the same I did thing. the same thing. You did. You I did. said you, you said you just some you said the thing. Yeah, that was your criticism on Biden, which I appreciated very much. I was like, yep. you are the president of the United States. You should just keep your mouth shut and let the yes. let the legal process and everything do their do their do their job before and you I start opening your mouth about stuff that you have no evidence on. I apt to be full with you in my heart that I believe Rittenhouse was, you know, was it was, it was self-defense. Yes, I did believe that, but I shut my mouth and I let it happen until it came out. And then I would say something once it came out, which I did right once you after get evidence. it was done. Once you actually see I the evidence. I shut my mouth until I saw evidence, even though in my heart I thought something. But you know what? I could have been wrong. Maybe I didn't see that. Maybe Kyle was some bad guy trying to kill people. That might have been a thing. It wasn't, but it might have been a thing. So I shut my mouth until it was done because everyone deserves due process. Innocent, not until proven guilty. Innocent, unless proven guilty. Critical distinction. Innocent, unless proven guilty. I accept that as true. Even for a bad guy like Koma, I shut my mouth until it was done. Once it came out, then I hammered him. But I waited until it was done. So he's gone. I'm happy. Good riddance. Have a nice day. I don't want to be petty. Just walk away. Don't come back. His brother don't care at all. CNN is 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 a dying dinosaur anyway. Who cares? Who's watching it now? It's going away. Let it go away. Let it die. 
Well, right? I'll tell you right now. Enemy for, is dying. Let it die. For being a citizen in Arkansas right now, I guess the one thing that I can take away from Kumo resigning is the fact that God damn, it's nice not to have to listen to him fucking talk anymore. Yeah, but our, <laughs> but our current governor is bad though too. I may not be a New York resident, but man, did I not like listening to him talk ever. Yep. <laughs> well, my mom, my mother can say quite a few things about him talking too. So you're not alone there. Your Italian there mother. Yes, yes uh, my full-blooded Italian mother. Yes, there we go. Yes. Okay, so following up with that, Larry, what are your thoughts and opinions of Governor Kochel Kombucha, however you pronounce that? Her name Co- is pronounced Hokel. 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 Okay. Yeah. Not Hokel. kombucha. Like Hokel. Not not, not kombucha. kombucha. Like yes. we Hokel. had awkwardly yes. discussed in our chat earlier today. Not kombucha. It's not kombucha. What 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 I say is when Cuomo left and she became uh governor, the king is dead. Long live the queen. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yes, just we replace one monarch with another. Um, she is as bad as him, but actually I think um while she's not as cruel as he is, and I mean this not, not as an insult. I don't mean this as an insult. I mean this as a descriptor. She isn't as smart or as savvy as he is. And when it comes to when it comes to leaders like that, many leaders like that are very smart and savvy. That's how you get there, right? Many of them are. And the and and most of the time when the top person moves up, that person tends to be smart and savvy. You know, you look you look at people who moved moved up. It's the lieutenants who usually aren't. And when they step up, you realize how weak they are compared to their predecessors. Mm-hmm. And I think you see she is not as smart or as savvy as 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 he was. Um, and that's and it becomes obvious. Her speech is her, the way she talks. She carries herself. She is not getting it. She just thinks. The, remember, the root of aggression is fear. She's very aggressive because she's afraid. She right now has imposter syndrome. She knows she shouldn't be there. Okay, on and two, she's there on two or three occasions that I've listened to her. There's been these parts in her speeches that she had said that like, well, I've come to find, or in my opinion, and I swear that everything that precedes that makes zero sense. Correct. At all. Correct. What if you watch, I just did a show with her uh, just last time. And the second she goes, well, look, this is something I'm going to say. And I paused. I said, this will be dumb and make no sense. No, because you're right. Whenever she says it, I said, this will show you how, how dumb she is. No, it's As the literally, second she says that, it's something stupid comes out. You're right. It's, 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 it's completely a throw in the dark and, and something that doesn't make any sense. And I swear it's Correct. like it's it's like a it's like it's like taking a fishing pole with a you know with a pandering stick on the end of it and just kind of dipping it into <laughs> some water and and then praying that you'll have somebody like like what you have to say. It made no sense whatsoever. I'm like it never does. Uh it 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 uh, the only thing it reminds me said of is she the talks that, to God. There's, there's no, there's no, I'm not joking. She, she, she said she talks to God and that God told her that, that, that God wants you to get the vax. I'm not making this up. She actually said this. She then said she needs more people to be her apostles. All right, Salem. Her (laughs) apostles. That's what she said. I'm trying so hard. Salem, right now. I need you right now. (laughs) I'm right there with you, actually. Same That's on. what I'm saying. She said that the other say, day. She say said, it "Now, <laughs> say it now." 
This is why I don't like the majority of Abrahamic faiths. I just don't. I don't. I I very clearly don't. Like that's why they're that's why they're telling me right now. It's why they keep saying my name is because I'm very outspoken against those types of Christians. Like very very outspoken against it. And the fact that she even said that while she holds political office should violate some sort of fucking something like I don't know maybe separation of church and state and she shouldn't hold her position anymore. Oh, and also on that note, so Marjorie Taylor Greene with her Jewish space lasers. I mean, oh, she yes, got I booted. Her, yes. Oh my! Hasn't Hoko gotten booted? Booted? Yes. Oh, uh, she doesn't have to. She actually, she actually wears a um, she wears a um, uh, um, a pendant that says "vaxxed." Oh, so I'm not she joking. could say. So she could say like literally the most nonsensical things in the world, but they look at her vax pin and they worship her in any case. Correct. Of course. Yes. You know, she has her little martyr sash. You want me to wear yes. a scarlet letter, guys? You want me to start putting a scarlet letter on my... <laughs> scarlet letter on my, scarlet. On, my, on, my, on my shirt before I start the podcast? Absolutely. <laughs> But wear it on a pin is so weird. That'd be like if I had a pin that said, I got my smear. Like, who fucking cares? I brushed my teeth today. Yay. Like, I don't have prostate cancer. Yay, me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that reminds me. So, like, I am vaccinated, but that was a personal choice and and very much like every libertarian in the world who is an actual libertarian, I think it should be a personal choice. However, whenever someone asks me if I am vaccinated, I respond with, do you do anal? And then when they look at me funny, I say, oh, I thought we were asking stuff that were none of each other's business. (laughs) Yeah, but what if they actually answered? Would you then answer? (laughs) I would have been like, well, I'm glad you're comfortable talking about that stuff. That makes one of well, no, you. Well, no, I would have said, well, are we talking giving or receiving? And uh, what are you asking me about? Let's discuss. Let's have and a just conversation. just keep following here. up. Let's keep, I just keep going down that road. They're pro-anal. We're libertarians. We can, we can walk pro, down that road. They're pro-anal, man. We got to find out. Are they a top you or a bottom? You a top or a bottom? That's what I'm saying. Let's have some conversations now. <laughs> Let's talk about this now, right? Yeah, right yeah. Let's discuss. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but also as I'm applying to jobs, I mean, even even the jobs that require COVID vaccination card, I do not provide it because nobody is entitled to my private ed- medical info, not the government, not my employer, not my parents. Just our viewers. Yeah, on- only us. <laughs> Just the viewers. <laughs> only us. Nobody else. Just us. Just us. Yeah. We're special. Nobody else. Yeah, you I guys are special. special. You guys and the viewers, nobody else. All right, can, can you let special. me? Do you? If you want me, I will. I, I literally found um, the uh, the chunk of her saying that. If you if you want me to share the screen, I'll show it to you. If you want, yeah, by all means, share it. Let's let's, let's entertain let me our share, viewers. Let me Please. let me share the screen. You have to, no, you have to man, give me the got, ability to share screens. We got we got full proof. Hold yeah, on, I think um, Sean needs to grant that permission. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh yeah, Sean, you need to enable. All right. Um, while we're waiting, similar to Christiana, I. I too have been vaccinated against COVID-19, much like Christiana. This was a personal choice. Um, I work in a school district, so it's a little more 
beneficial to me to mm-hmm. have this additional defense against, you know, against this virus. Sure. You know, again, it was a personal choice. And maybe not as graphic as Christiana, but if someone asked me if I am, because like, you know, that's something I'm going to keep to myself. But if anyone does ask me this, I'm just going to say I've made my own decision and that's all you need to know unless this person actually does need to know. Is See, like I don't actually, I, maybe I'm the weird one here, but I don't actually care at all. <laughs> like I'm vaccinated. I don't care. And I only got vaccinated because my I, I had a spousal mandate. I didn't have a government mandate. My wife happy was wife, like, we're going to travel and you're going to get vaccinated because <laughs> I'm not going to have you screw up our travel plans. Fine. I'll get vaccinated. Fine. Whatever. That was how why I got vaccinated. I didn't carry the way. Whatever. I, fine. I don't need a, so a lot. So I had of, a spousal mandate. A lot A lot of my appeal to it. I think it's funny because like I like to say that I'm not uh, that I'm uh, I'm not I'm not anti-vax at all because uh, obviously there's so many people who think that because you're you don't want to get the the current COVID-19 vaccination, obviously you're anti-vax against everything. They think that they like to clump them in the same direction with everyone, but I'll, I'll post a lot of stuff on social media saying about like how I'm totally against, you know, mandation passports, stuff like that, you know, restricting people, you know, unless it's like, you know, for, uh, for private entities, but I'm totally against government, you know, putting the pressure on them in order to force people in that. And then I, I have people push back so hard on me. And then like, whenever like whenever it gets to the private conversation level i'm like dude i'm not even anti-vax at all (laughs) but i'm just like it's it's just funny because i'm just like to them i'm just like wow it's so important for you to be like so pro-vax that you're like yep you're you're willing to want to send what police officers to people's doors to make sure that they they have they've gotten a jab (laughs) yeah and that's that's not that's not where we're at a lot of the time but it it, it is where a lot of people want it to oh larry you're showing here we go i can see it that is from God to us. See that? And we must say thank you, God. Thank you. And I wear my vaccinated necklace all the time to say I'm vaccinated. <laughs> See, I wasn't kidding. <laughs> I thought I made that up. That's literally my governor. I wasn't making it up. God I'm so her. sorry, Larry. <laughs> See, <you did> <laughs> I mean, I thought I was next kidding. In Connecticut Hold on, she's and not I'm done. Embarrassed. Yes, I know you're vaccinated. You're the smart ones, but you know there's people out there. You're the smart ones. Thank you. <laughs> you aren't listening to God. They aren't listening to God. I need. She just said that you're the smart ones, but there are some people who aren't listening to God. Oh my. She, oh, oh my Lord, God. I'll go back. Please listen. You're the smart ones, but you know there's people out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants. I need you to be my <laughs> apostle. I need you to go out. See that? And- you thought I made that up. I did make that up. That's, that's I her. Thought, I thought Republicans were supposed to be the religious zealots. Yes. And I know okay, you guys. Larry's exaggerating. That's why I pulled that. Okay. Because you thought I was exaggerating. I All right, was you guys. not. All right. All right, you prickle lovers, like, this is why I had my question five. <laughs> this shit right here. <laughs> All right, my original, my, my original question five was, New York, in my opinion, has become more and more of one of the most undesirable places to move to <laughs> or even visit. <laughs> See how efficient I am? I answered your question before you even answered it. 
You you did you did Blair, answer. you're a mind reader. You answered you answered it eventually. We ended up having to throw it out, but I'm like, this is why people, this right here, that shit. <laughs> yes, <laughs> on top of it, holy shit! Like that's not. I thought Kuma, I thought Kuma was bad. Holy fuck! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, my friend, um, my friend Sybil, who might actually be tuning in at this point. Um, uh, she actually said, you know, the new governor isn't isn't all that popular among the people, and now I can see why. Gee, there we I go. Wonder why? <laughs> yep. <laughs> what are you talking about? You mean they don't all have the Kool Aid lined up ready for everybody? Yep. I mean, what I would like, like what I hope that what I hope that Hoka will accomplish is, and it's going to be unintentional if she does accomplish this. I hope she drives a wedge into the New York Democrats. Boom. That's a hope. That would be good. I have a feeling she is. I'll take that win. If she has, I mentioned is if she has if she hasn't already, man, man, none of the Democrats in New York are paying any attention at all. (laughs) I mean, this friend of mine, she wasn't much of a fan of Cuomo either. So, like, she would, you know, laugh at all my cracks at calling him Emperor Cuomo. So, like, (laughs) yeah, she was she was on board. (laughs) Cuomo. I used to call I used to call him King Andrew Cuomo the Second. Oh, hello, King. Boom. (laughs) Long live. Oh, hello, King. Yes. Now I call her Queen Kathy the first. That's it. Queen Kathy. Queen Kathy the first. Karaleva, <laughs> New York. That's a Jew. Yes. No, she is Queen Kathy, first of her name, speaker, speaker of, of wisdom, knower of God. That is her. Yes. <laughs> she knows. Know. But she she'll knows. Have, she'll have more titles than Daenerys Targaryen. She will. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. But she won't have breaker of change. She'll have creator of change. Okay, oh, come on. In the back in the corner of my eye, I see Salem over there, like just like massaging her pupils right here. I'm trying like, so hard. I'm trying so hard. She's trying to comprehend what the fuck just happened. <laughs> yeah, she's Democrat, but keep in mind Democrats and Republicans are the same. Are we sure that she's yeah, not I mean, like the American Allegiance Party? Because like they lean more left, but they're also like very religious. Like that's them. <laughs> Are we sure she's not really one of those? She does not sound to be on the same page as like the, the modern Democrat Party. <laughs> she was just thrown in there. She never expected to be, she never expected to be governor. She was very sudden. proud of the fact that she banned ghost guns. What the fuck is a ghost gun? Thank you. So you have <laughs> literally, you have banned a gun that was already illegal. And she was proud of that. A ghost gun is a gun that has its, um, that has its serial number scraped off. Okay, yeah. I know That's already illegal. So they banned an illegal gun and she's proud of it. I'm not joking. Hold on. I got more. I could do this oh, all shit, night. Shit, man. I, was, I this could like do this all oh, wait, night. There's more. Maybe she's gonna, she gonna, gonna do a laugh fest. This Here we is go. From my Here show. we go. Here we go. Watch from my show. Yeah. Assembly led by Carl Heasty, they and their members came up with legislation that's yeah. smart. Smart. Smart legislation. Smart. 
Good thing you used, good thing used that word. We ne- we would have never have guessed Super that smart. this legislation was that way if we didn't hear that word smart. smart. Guys are geniuses. I'm so <laughs> glad we have them running stuff. That'll solve it. Now that we banned ghost guns, the, the people who literally get guns that are ghost guns, illegal guns will go, dude, I was going to get one of them illegal ghost guns, but now they're banned. Should I really get one now? I mean, I, I don't want to break the law or anything. I can't have this gun that I've. I can't have this gun I've obtained illegally. I can't for. I can't have this gun I've obtained illegally. The 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 serial gun is scratched off the side yes. of it, man. You heard the Absolutely. governor. <laughs> that that that's that's the stuff I deal with. Holy and shit. she was proud. This is smart legislation that bans guns that are already illegal. Well done. Oh, and everyone's outside clapping and stuff and oh she's brilliant yes that's what i can do this all night i'm sorry i i'll, I'll stop now it's like that meme of ralph wiggum ha, i'm helping yes <laughs> yes absolutely yes i feel like the I'm rest sorry. of new york is the ralph wiggum going i'm in danger <laughs> yeah, that, that's everything on fire around. I don't it. think that's limited to just New York, though. That's but true. we that's are true. the battleground, right? I say this yeah. all the time. A lot of people are like, "Why? Why do I care about stupid New York?" Because what happens in New York, whatever we get away with here, is coming to your state. It might yeah, take like, a year. Um, it might take lot. five years. It right. might take twenty years. But it's coming to your state. I work. In, I the work. Ones in- who are fighting. I work in construction. I'll be damned if there aren't people who are trying to use regulations in Chicago, New York, and California coming to my state telling me that this yes. is the future. This is the Bingo. future of what of what our regulations are going to become. I'll be damned, but it's true. Yep. It's true. They do. They come all the time. They say you, you better need to worry get about New York because it's coming to you. Yeah. yeah, Larry. Now that also now that you mention it, I mean. It's continually coming to me because I live in Texas and people are moving from New York and California. Like they're selling yep. their very, very expensive houses over there and then buying cheaper houses over here. And and this is not even accounting for the fact that our cost of living has gone up. Mm-hmm. And and they're also trying to vote for the policies that they left. Yep, that's the problem. So when you have a Marine like me on the front line, fighting in the front line, you might want to support me. I'm just saying, I'm, you're right. I'm sitting here fighting on the front line. You could support me. It's the, I'm glad you guys have brought me on to support me. I appreciate it. More people should. I'm fighting in the front lines. You should give me a little bit of support. I love it. And I'd love to donate to your campaign. That's awesome, too, if you like. Absolutely. Head over to LarrySharp.com. It's right there for you. And we take crypto, by the way. So are you running, Yang? I'm sorry? I've been trying to ask that for like 20 minutes. Are you running with Yang? I am not yet. No, I am having conversations. The problem is, and you can imagine, the forward party <coughs> is going to have certain policies that simply aren't going to be in line with libertarian policies. Yeah. So we have to have the right conversations to be very forward. I'm open with this. There's certain things that I just simply won't be talking about, right? That I just, I can't talk about because certain things aren't going to overlap. But some things do. There are certain things that overlap perfectly. So I want to focus on those things that overlap perfectly and simply not discuss the things that don't. And we haven't come across with that. We have not made that agreement yet. So the answer is no. I hope the answer will be yes. That's my hope. I want it to happen. It is not happening yet. Are you kind of worried that that will put off other libertarians, though? 
No, not at all. Not at all. Any libertarian in my state is going to vote for me. Doesn't matter. Okay. Doesn't matter. I'm, well, not, I'm you, not losing any votes by that. Well, do you think what are they going to do? do? All of a sudden, vote for Hochul? They're going to vote. They're going to vote for Hochul now. And go, go. God told me to vote for Hochul. Is that going to happen? Maybe they want to be in her cult. I don't know. I don't know, man. Maybe it's possible. Possible. Look at my martyr necklace. Look at my martyr necklace. Maybe you'll vote for that. Yes. <laughs> True. Yes. I mean. I remember hearing like Andrew Yang left the Democratic Party and but this with Hulk, I'm starting to see like part of why he did. Yeah, now you're seeing why. Yes, exactly. Yes. So, yeah. Well, so, anyway, so, I yes, it's a good question. If you do run with Yang, I just hope that, you know, you're not uh, he's not doing any more additional increase in government or policies that uh Support oh, he will be. He's still a former Democrat. He will be. No, no, he will be. Let's not fool ourselves. He will be. He's a. De- he's still a former Democrat. He will. And that's fine. All I'm saying is, can we help each other to, you know, to the to, to the point earlier made, which is, look, can we get third parties to move forward? Number one. And can each candidate who's talking not talk about the other things that they disagree with? Right. He's not going to be talking about taxation theft. That's not him. He's not going to talk about that. And I'm not going to be talking about UBI. So, right, we know there are certain things that we just can't discuss. So you're, you're running with the images is that you're a, you're trying to do a promo for third parties, basically. Correct. Okay. There are several things that we agree on completely. And there's a, a thing called bro, which I made this up also. Bro, B-R-O. B is... Ballot access, make it easy for third parties to get in a ballot. R is ranked choice voting, make it easy to vote for third parties. And O is open primaries, allowing anyone to vote for anybody they want to in, in, in the primaries. So we are completely uh, on uh, listing together on that, 100%. Does it make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that makes also, sense. Also, Salem, so, Salem sent the, like a, a knockoff of the necklace in the chat. So many. <laughs> Are you oh, kidding wow. me? Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> that virtue signaling is so strong. Oh, oh my God. There it is. You're kidding me. <laughs> they got a is. whole line for this shit. They got a line. It, you want You're it in silver? Go. You want it in gold? Just in what color do you gold? want a virtue signal? How we much got, are got, you willing to There's gold, how there's much, silver, and there's rose gold. Guys, how much yeah. are you willing to pay for your virtue signal? I want and to know right now. Multiply Look, 20 the price. Bucks <laughs> 20 bucks is not much to virtue signal. I mean, it is. That's cheap. That's cheap. They, they have some for low income earners. Okay. They, they, <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Also, I want to make sure everybody has, has, has skin in the game with this one. <laughs> All I'm saying is if you're going to virtue signal, it shouldn't matter if you're rich or poor, is all I'm saying. shouldn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. And if, if you want to appeal to the rich, I'll charge 10 times that. It was worn by Governor Hoku. Ooh. Ooh. Collector's nice. item. I like that. Very good. Yes. Yes. Well, she's I gonna love have, that. She's this was gonna... actually, this was around her neck when she put the shot in her, in her husband. Oh, yes. yes look at that. For $2,000, yes. you could wear the necklace that was around her neck when she got her shot. 
<laughs> exactly. Yes. And then they dripped a little bit of holy vaccine on it. Just a little bit, a little bit of the holy vaccine on it. So <laughs> to seal the deal <laughs> on the finish of the necklace, vaccine. you have a little bit of it there. Dipped in holy vaccine just for you. $20,000. So you can really feel like one of God's chosen. And you can exactly. be one of her. <laughs> you want to be one of her apostles, you have to get the anointed vaccine necklace. That's correct. Absolutely. And that's the only way you can trust the science. No, that's like, not enough. You have to get you have to get the necklace and then they have to shoot you through the necklace into the neck. <laughs> yeah, while, they, micro <laughs> while they give you the, while they third. give you the shots. <laughs> <laughs> Of the this is going down a very dark vaccine. road, guys. Like a very dark road. Okay, yeah, it is. It is. All right. We're going, <laughs> All right, we're yeah. going uh, a little too far. What do we got left? I'm going to have to bail on you guys. I'm going to have to bail on you guys soon. It's like, it's like late for me. I'm an old man, and it's late for me. I'm going to have to bail on you guys soon. You got to be good to yeah, me we now. Got, we, got, we got a All really right, good um, two-hour episode here. Brian, I think you have the most important question of all. Next. Yeah, um, this is this is something I've noticed ever since, actually, before I became a libertarian. Um, what is it with libertarians and breakfast food? I mean, there's the Waffle House Caucus. There's Spike Cohen's promise of a Waffle House on every corner. Um, you and Dr. Jorgensen have each done breakfast meetups at local diners, and of course, there's Ron Swanson from Parks and Recreation. So what, what I, is it with I, us and breakfast food? I, I think the thing about it to be forward with you is we like our libertarians to be human. I'm serious. We like our libertarians to be human. We don't like to deify our libertarians. It's not a thing we do well. And I say all the time, if we are the only party of principle. All the other parties are, are parties of the local warlord, right? If you look at if you're old enough to remember, and we're watching, or you guys are old enough to remember, there's a big difference between a, a Clinton Democrat, an Obama Democrat, and a Biden Democrat, and a Reagan Republican, and a Bush Republican, and a Trump Republican. Huge differences. Why are there huge differences? Because they, they go by the local warlord. That's what it is. What does it mean to be Democrat now? Biden. What does it mean to be Republican? Trump. Right. That's what it means. It, the, the warlord decides what it means. In fact, Republicans were actually very forward this time. They didn't bother having a platform this time. They just said Trump is our platform. They, they made they made no platform this time in the Republican Party because they realized Trump's our platform. But that's been true for decades. I could call myself king of the libertarians if I want to. And I'd be laughed off the stage because we don't have a king. Right. We have principles. People get upset at us because of principles. And yeah. that's what makes us different. So what does that mean? That means libertarians actually don't want a king or a queen or an emperor or an empress. They want a good person. And having breakfast with others is a symbolic way of breaking bread that makes people human. And I'll give you a good example of this. I travel the state all the time. I do 62 events at least in my, in my state every single year. And I'll travel someplace and I'll show a video of me, you know, doing an event. And here's Larry talking about education or talking about the budget or talking about, I'll talk about cannabis, talking about whatever's important to people, talking about literally animal rights, whatever. I'm talking about whatever I'm talking about. And that'll get a certain amount of likes and views. Then it'll be Larry stopped at local diner in local town. No one's heard of a thousand likes shared 45 times goes across everything. People want to know. 
that I had eggs, bacon, and sausage at a local diner. It matters because they, they connect to me more based upon that guy's like me versus that guy's smart or whatever they think I might be. Why do you think I go on shows like this in a sweatshirt? Why do you think I do, I do shows in a hoodie? Because I'm human, like See. everybody else, just like you. Why do I tell stupid jokes like I do and show you videos and stuff? I should have made human. you put on a tie. The, Damn it. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I, said, I didn't say I put on a tie. I said I put on a collared shirt. All right. Well, a collared shirt. Tie would have been shirt. a bridge too far for me. And but go a little bit shirt. more okay. extensively yes. into runny eggs. That would have been, <laughs> been the goal. I am a big fan of runny eggs. That's true. So, yes. So um, I think that's the reason why is it makes us human. We like the idea of sitting down and talking to somebody. I mean, I'm, I'm the guy who I call my supporters. I actually do. Like I get on the phone and I call them and we want that. We expect that it's, it's kind of who we are. Blown away. Um, that thank, was a good answer. Thank you. Ed. Personally hate Beautiful breakfast. answer. I hate breakfast. So you hate breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> to me are gross. All right, for you, I'll be your king if you want. I don't mind. How about my lunch, libertarian? How about lunch? Oh, okay. I thought you wanted me to be your king or something. Look, if you want me to be your king, I am the, we are the party of consent and I will rule you if you choose to me to be your ruler. I don't mind as long as you consent. All good. No, I've lunch. heard of brunch libertarians, man. I've seen them mimosas fly. That's, that's, that's like brunch Democrats, I thought. <laughs> I don't know what Democrats do. I'm uh, not one of them. So like <laughs> I live in New York. It's brunch. Trust me. Well, uh, I'm going to go out here. I mean, so the public statement saying I'm very anti-brunch now. I'm very anti-brunch. Yes. You only that's get it. to drink mimosas in the evenings. And that's it. I like to eat with breakfast. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't I, I, knew, I knew, Sean, you were a mealist. I knew um, you were a mealist. I can be a mealist. If, if, yes, push, you think certain, if you put you think me certain in a corner, meals, you put yeah, me you think certain corner. meals are better than other meals. You're a mealist. That's you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Salem had a question. It's related to like it, it's related to some of our previous questions, but I don't even know. Great if, the what? What question are we on? What's my question? What am I saying? It's literally Maybe the last ever 10. question we have on here. It's the one that oh, you no. added. Number 11 or 12, because 11 or 12 are the two new ones that I added. Oh, shit. Oh, well, you're one. marked for 10. Uh, do you want someone else to ask 10 and you ask 11 and 12? I thought we were about done. Me. We were about done, man. He's ready. To, he's ready to go. I thought that was the last question. What are we talking about here? Does someone else do 10 and then I'll do 11 and 12? Wow, you guys I'm have been doing stuff behind my, my, my back right now. No. Why are you talking, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> all right larry we only need about 15 more minutes and we are we can call it a show that's a blatant lie but go ahead oh, I promise. <laughs> I'm good with time allotment man okay blatant lie. go ahead good with that so i think we should just cut out number 10 because he basically already answered those a couple he did times. already answer that that's what i was that's what i was getting at right i was reading it right now i'm just like he already fucking answered that question okay so then we're gonna do um <laughs> race number 10 so we're doing 10 and 11 go jessica 10 all right uh do you think that all of the different caucuses hinder or help the party and the movement i think both um and the reason why i think both is we have not done caucuses well um 
and we need to do caucuses better. The concept of caucuses are, it's a good concept, right? The idea is that people who want to focus on certain aspects of libertarianism can get together. But what we actually want to make it happen is it's just people who want to complain and be mad at others. And one of the reasons why that happens in our party is we don't have enough mission. And what I mean by that is I look at our group, our movement, our party, like the Mongol empire. When we don't have a mission, we all break up into our own individual conates and scream and yell at each other. But when we have one big mission, they go, hey, let's go invade China. Let's go invade Eastern Europe. We all get together and go invade. It's awesome. They move together and we all fight hard. We all invade. If we don't have a mission, we fight amongst ourselves. So we need to have constant mission and we're not good at creating mission. The goal of any organization to include our party should be diversity of thought with unity of purpose. And we have not done that well. We've done diversity of thought with diversity of purpose. That's not good. We should have unity of purpose, which is gen generally speaking for us tends to be one thing, which is a problem. It tends to be a presidential candidate. While that's not a bad thing, I like us caring about a presidential candidate, that does matter. But sadly, too often, it's the only thing we care about, right? That should be one of many missions that we have to move forward, like maybe changing a law would be something, maybe another candidate somewhere else should be something, et cetera, et cetera. Without the, the constant mission, we fight amongst ourselves. In that case, the caucuses don't do very well. But the second thing the caucuses have not done well, and that is organize. Caucuses should be ways of organize, organizing so that when there is an issue or a mission, I know which caucus to go to, to, to organize. So there's a caucus that, for example, the radical caucus as an example. If I know I want to get a radical movement done or a radical thing done or push a radical message, I should be able to call them and go, hey, I am now in, for example, I'm in uh, Oklahoma and I wanna you know, push, um, I don't know, a marriage equality, which in Oklahoma is very radical. I want the radical caucus to help me with that. Come on, let's go, right, let's do this. And then maybe there's also a, you know, an LGBT or a GSM caucus. I might grab those two caucuses or caucuses, whatever is the right way of saying it, and help me out. Give me some volunteers. Give me some literature. You guys already have it. Do you have you have a, 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 a chunk already in Oklahoma to help me do this? That right now in most cases does not exist. If we did that, the caucuses would be better, stronger, faster. They're not. They're basically just groups of people getting together, yelling at each other. I agree. So that's why it doesn't work. But in theory, it should work. If we organize better, it will. People are mad at the Mises Caucus now that there's no tomorrow. I understand why they're mad at the Mises Caucus. I get it. However, they're organized. Copy them. Organize also. Organize too. You can either be mad at them, that's option one, or you can say, you know what? They're organizing. Why don't I organize too? That, that would be my response to that. I would, agree. Also. I would agree that the Mises Caucus is organized, but I wouldn't say that it, it crosses state lines at all. Like, I mean, some some branches of the Mises Caucus in different states, mm, they, they kind of conflict with each other quite a bit. And they it's don't true. they don't I, spread the same messaging at all. Completely, completely agree. Uh, what I'm saying is, if you're unhappy with that, I got it. Organize yourself. That's my answer. My answer is organize yourself. And people get mad at me when I say that. They go, you have to either love the Mises Caucus or hate the Mises Caucus. Neither. And I refuse. Neither. I will not hate your enemy for you. I will not do that. I will not. 
Absolutely not. They are libertarians. I support them like I support any and all other caucusi, caucuses, all of them. If you're unhappy with what they're doing, organize better. That yeah. is my response. If you if you need my help organizing, I will. I help them organize because they ask me. If you ask me to help you, I will help you organize. I think I think organize, a lot of, organize, organize. True, That's true. my response. But I, I also do think that a lot of libertarians like to think that me, when they they hear Mises Caucus, they think of it all as one entire entity. But there is so many differences between across state lines. Even well, like while the Mises Caucus in my particular uh, county affiliate, and that's just county affiliate here in my state. They haven't done anything horrific or anything. In fact, in fact, they've done really good for my county affiliate. But whenever I hear something that's happened in another state or a different county in another state that's been very repugnant, people instantly want to just hate on them. And and it's hard to do that because which I think with your standpoint and saying that you can't say that you you hate them or that you love them is because like you at least give them the fact that they are, in fact, you know, assembling. Yes. Whether or not it's for the good or the bad in other particular parts of the country. They hear Mises caucus because they all use that same term and it paints a bad picture. So like, here's what I would say. Yo, is the Mises caucus per, uh, perfect? Of course not. Of, of course not. No caucus would be, but you've just said, I have a chapter in my area, in my town, in my city, in my so-and-so. What other caucus can say that? <laughs> That's true. I mean, I got Thank radical. You. I got radicals here too. <laughs> are they part of the radical caucus? Would be my question. They are. If they, they are. are then they, that's good. Yeah, they are. They're well, the radical caucus is actually caucus. another one that's that organizes that organizes decently. Bro, I also have Waffle House caucus people here too. I mean, I wouldn't say that. I, I wish super, they would organize better. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't say that they're really well organized, but they say they're a part of it. That's so. true. <laughs> that's that's kind of a newer caucus. <laughs> so I I am all about organize, organize, organize. Yeah, Larry. Also, we don't want to keep you too long because like we don't want to keep you from going to bed. But I we do have one final question for you. Okay. And uh, basically minutes yet. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. Let's see. I'm talk. <laughs> Christiana is asking this one. OK. All right. Yes. By the way, so when you were cutting in and out with your audio, I didn't catch all that, but I'll go ahead and ask Larry the question so he can go to bed. Uh, what is your opinion on, I mean, we've all met at least one of these types of libertarians. Pretty sure, I mean, since you're fairly well known in the libertarian community, I'm pretty sure you've talked to quite a few of, of these libertarians. You know that those who are all, uh, the state is evil and voting is partaking in an evil state, and that makes you evil. Therefore, I will not do anything that involves anything with the state. Uh, what is your opinion on those? How do you generally approach those people? And uh, how what, what kind of strategy do you take to convert them into actually fighting back? I usually don't. Um, the, the, I, I question, some of them are actually members of the Libertarian Party. That surprises me, right? I, I, if you believe that, if you believe that voting is bad or evil or wrong, I'm not mad at you. I mean, there's evidence to prove it to be true, right? I'm not mad at you at that, right? My issue is I'm, I'm wondering why you're part of the Libertarian Party then, right? The party's goal is literally to get people elected. So I feel like you should be part of the movement and be an activist and not be part of the party. So someone like that, I'm not going to try to convert them to vote. I'm going to try to get them to join the movement when other things are happening. That's the person who I want to show up at the event. 
That's the person I wanted to sign wave. That's the person I want when I want a crowd of people. I want that person to do the other things outside the Libertarian Party. I don't want to convert them. They've got passion and everything they've got. Good. So push an issue, right? Do something else that matters to you. I actually wouldn't even try to convert them. That would be my view. Just good. That's where your head is. Awesome. Can I get you to do something over here that you might think is important or valuable to change some minds and change some hearts? That's what I would do instead. And do you think agorists have a valid point? That's a very broad what do you mean? That's a really broad question. <laughs> That's a question. Like, since they don't like the systems, like most libertarians, we don't like the system either. But our our game that we want to play is, well, we're going to be elected in and then we can change it. Agorists, however, just like, well, if I don't like the game, I'm just going to stop playing. I'm just going to stop playing it. I'm not going to try to change the rules. I just don't want to play. Well, I mean, are you saying, do they have a point meaning... Do, do you, I think do you think that that is a good valid point or no not at all of course not of, of course not well of course not and let me be clear why because you're not leaving the system right if you if you're an agorist who leaves the system totally valid totally you're leaving the system but you're living in the system saying I don't want to play so you're allowing everyone to control everything around you and you're gonna be mad when you get put in prison. That doesn't make any sense to me. Now, don't get me wrong. Can you do it? Should you? Yes. Good luck. I'm not going to fight you on you. I'm not mad at you for it. Awesome. But you're going to sit there and say, the system's bad, so I'm not going to play, but you're going to still live in that system. So you are playing in a system. You okay. are. I, I kinda, and not only I are you wanna... playing in a system, you're going to get arrested at one point if you go too far. And when you get arrested and go to prison, you're going to get mad at the system. I do want to add this point about agorism, which is important to understand, is that it's not necessarily whether or not that they, they don't want to buy into the system. It doesn't mean that they're not willing to play into it, that they're just going to be lawbreakers or whatnot. But agorists usually go out of their way to get around current laws, which is how yep. they're able to live however they want to see fit because they yep. find loopholes in just about everything. And so agorism see that there are flaws in the system, but they go out of their way to find ways to get around it so that, that way they can live their best life. But that doesn't do nothing for the average everyday person who isn't looking for those loopholes. And so agorists may be able to start changing their actions now to live the way that they want to live right now. But that if doesn't you're do, using loopholes in that, a system, you are still using the system. Yes, you are still using the system because you have to yes. use the loopholes in order to to get to get to where they want. The system is still being used. But that's my the, point the, about agorists. Yes, the, bar the barriers don't change. So like people are still having to go and uh, to have to use the system that they they, they may not be as well versed as agorist and they may not be uh, they may not have the time to look into it in order to live the lives that they want to yep. live so i don't feel like that 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 just that that is the answer at all because just i mean it just doesn't work for everybody it de definitely doesn't work for everybody no but look you should do what you want if i'm a libertarian how can i be mad at agorist i can't of course well, I can't, I can't be mad it, at you doing what you want, but I can also yeah. say that that's not helping everybody in a whole. No, and no, we're no. trying. Yeah, but they don't have to. To be forward, no one is required to help anybody else. So mm -hmm. they're not required to. True. Would I True. like them to? Yes, I would like them to. And I get to have an opinion on that. And my opinion is I would like you to. But they're not required to by any means whatsoever. True. They're not required. 
So I can't get mad at them for that because it's not required. What again, if they do it, thank you. That's awesome. I would love you to come help me do the things that I want to do. That'd be awesome. You're not required to. I'm not mad at them at all. But are you asking my personal opinion? If you're an agorist who says, I'm not going to be part of the system, but you're still part of the system. You're, that you're doesn't make sense lying. to me. You're kind of lying. Yeah, you, that doesn't make sense to me. You're still using the system in order to be able to live your life how you want to live. But if you're know? an agorist saying, I don't like the system, so I'm going to try to use loopholes with the system, <laughs> that's different. That's valid to me. That's a different. So that's why I said that the question was very broad. If True. you're saying, I will use the loopholes, that does make sense to me. I'm in. That makes sense. If you're saying, I'm not going to be part of it when you're still part of it, that's not true. Well, I don't think that's, that's the, the core, difference. I don't, that I I don't think that's necessarily the core belief of agorism. Agorism usually does kind of have that kind of definition to it. But most agorists that I've ever met, I don't know if this they, they want to leave that with the, ter- the terminology or not, usually are just like, we will find ways around current laws for you to be able to live how you want to live. So I'm agorists, totally okay with that. agorists have totally been able to help a lot of people that I know personally uh, been able to live their lives how they want to live because they have uh they have more knowledge of the system and a way to get around it all right i'm but with that, you i know people who don't have social security numbers yeah i'm with you but that person says i'm out <laughs> right they, <laughs> they, they don't have social security number they're like i'm not playing this game okay i'm with you that's good yeah but what i'm saying is i have the, I, you also have the guy who's 35 has a job pays taxes social security number right uh, has a mortgage, all those things. Goes, I'm an agorist. No, you're not. Yeah. No, or, you're not. Or, or he's like, oh, I just want to, I just want to paint my shed, so I'm going to do it when no one was, when no one's looking. That doesn't make you an yes. agorist. That doesn't yes. make you a fucking agorist. Just because, correct. <laughs> just, yes. just because there's a law against you painting your shed a certain, you know, at a certain time. Yes, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm going to paint at 10:30 p.m. when it's like can't paint after 10. Yeah, I'm such a rebel. I'm oh, such I, a rebel. I got my stereo <laughs> playing at 12 p.m. <laughs> I was told yeah, exactly. to shut it off at 10 o'clock. I didn't do it. <laughs> well, thank you right so away. much, Larry. I got to say, I, I appreciate you so much for coming on to this podcast. Uh, it's going to do a lot for our viewers, you know, because we are we are the new found lot. So all the new libertarians come here when they want when they want information on uh, what uh, libertarianism is. And we got uh, firsthand. You are our first candidate who'd come on, who who who. You definitely paved a lot of uh, um, information that a lot of new uh, newfound libertarians have about, you know, candidacy, the differences with policy, what it means to be uh, ideologically a libertarian, but also, you know, face reality on what appeals to the public. So I really appreciate everything that you've said this evening. Appreciate you answering all of our questions. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. If there's anything else you guys want to say to him before we go, then we can go ahead and do that. And then we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Yeah, we did let Larry go in 15 minutes. So we weren't lying. <laughs> no, it's, it's actually 17 minutes. Oh, oh. got you. So I was like, we're watching. It's over. Little I, lie. It's over. <laughs> I was watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Larry, Sean said it all. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. And we really enjoyed getting to know you and exchanging ideas with you. And we hope to see more of you very soon. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to add you on Facebook. Yes, let's do it. And Larry, I are like, as we were talking also, I sent you a friend request on Facebook as well. Excellent. Thank you. Excellent. 
Brian, you're the one who brought him on here. Say something. Um, I mean, Sean. So your fault. It's all your fault. Thank you for to come on. Um, I will admit it. I knew it would kind of be a long shot, you know, reaching out to you, asking you to come on. And you can only imagine my excitement when you agreed. You agreed to come on. So like that, that was really cool. Thank you for, thank you for coming on and sharing your ideas with us. I'm happy to do it, brother. Absolutely. So good. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Yes. Larry, you you have a good evening. Uh, Thank you so much. Anybody who wants to get involved with, uh, with, with Larry, you can, you can LarrySharp.com. LarrySharp.com. You can also find him on any podcasting network as the sharp way it's got, it's right behind him right now. You just look at his. Yeah. Yeah, right right there. there. (laughs) Boom. The sharp way you can find him on any platform and please feel free to donate to his campaign and his cause. You've heard it all here on newfound Liberty. Thank you guys so much and have a good rest of whatever your day or night is. Bye-bye. Thanks for, thanks for tuning in everyone. Mm -hmm.